You're listening to the Opie and Anthony channel on Sirius XM. The Ron and Fez show starts. Come on. Now! Buddies, how's that a way to get the show started? Ike and Tina Turner. You know, I know he was a pain in the ass, Tina, but really got the best out of you. You weren't doing all that fucking private dancer shit back then, were you? Ike and Tina Turner. One time I talked to Ike on the phone, 
And uh, this was like years ago, and he was out touring with like the Ike Turner Review. Nice. And we asked him something about, you know, Tina, and he goes like this. Now I got Fautinas. <laughs> he acted like all the girls on the stage with him were better than Tina. The great thing is the video of that, there's like one cut where you just see fucking Ike weirdly going across the stage. It's one of the greatest fucking rock moves I've ever seen. And the man almost invented rock and roll. It was the very beginning. Yeah, he was there pre-names, pre-everything. <laughs> but keep beating up women and everybody, that's the only thing they're going to bring up. Like That, that movie did him in. <laughs> no, long before that. I mean, he was kind of the most hated man because um, he was awful. He was just an awful person <laughs> off stage and incredibly jealous and, you know, wanted to lock her in a box after the show. But great fro in this uh, video, too. It's hard to believe that thing's even real. It's so perfectly round. A lot of love up on it. I was thinking for the artist of the day next week, Chris. And I know you hate when I give you extra work. Because you're like this. Yeah. What's the minimum I could do? Never. Or, let's make that the first thing that we say to each other in the meeting. Um, here's what I was thinking. No. Single albums. Artists of the day, one album. Spotlight it. Yeah. I'm going to write spotlight. Good. Put spotlight. <laughs> and do me a favor. Draw a spotlight. Okay. And then have the spotlight going down to a turntable. Uh-huh. And then just draw a bunch of fucking people going crazy around that kind of mysterious turntable. Um, they're going to be stick figures, but they'll be people. Could they be stick figures with afros? Sure. Good. <laughs> so I want to know that some soul music is getting played. Oh, yeah. Oh, this is a 70s crowd. Uh, Ed, Strong Island, you're on the run of face show. Yeah, knock, knock. Who's there? Argentina. Argentina who? Argentina China. You haven't been able to do that uh, joke in, I guess, 30 years. If, like, normally you only do knock-knock jokes for children, and they're not going to, they'll be like, what? Who were Argentina Turner? Best day of that guy's life. Best day of my life. Really? I now I got a new fucking knock-knock joke <laughs> in my arsenal. Can't wait to be standing on the street corner tonight. I mean, Tina, you know, she was great in uh, Thunderdome, too. I mean, we can't forget that. I've already forgotten. It's out of my mind. Really? Look, yeah. She was awesome. She no. runs Barter Town. That whole hero song is fucking <laughs> embarrassing to me. Great just get better. Just get back together with fucking Ike. No offense. Put on a football helmet. Maybe some fucking pet. Dress like a goalie when you're off stage. We don't need another hero. And now who's she with? Another fucking wife beater. Mel Gibson. Now, you know what's funny? Go back and watch the Mel Gibson movies like from the 80s. And he's bug-eyed in every one of them. Lethal Weapons, he's totally insane. It's like watching Lethal Weapon if Kai the Hatchet fucking killer was in it. Oh, God. This sucks. He got picked up in Philly. Yeah, fucking standing around on a goddamn uh, waiting for a Greyhound bus. I mean, where else is he? How else is he going to do it? And it turns out his Facebook, someone found the Facebook, the last post. What would you do if you woke up with a groggy head, metallitation in your mouth, 
in a stranger's house, walk to the mirror and seen something dripping from the side of your face. So you got to say the whole thing, or else you can't do it. It's got to, and this you get special dispensation, so you can read it properly and read it like you were him. All right, use your Kai voice. Okay. Well, Gigi, if you woke up with a groggy head, metallic taste in your mouth in a stranger's house, walked to the mirror and seen cum dripping from the side of your face from your mouth and started retching, realizing that someone had drugged, raped, and blown their fucking load on you, what would you do? I guess I would hit him with a hatchet. <laughs> That's what you're telling me? There's only one way to deal? Yeah. What would you do if you got raped? I don't know where you, if you heard this, but they hooked up together right outside of our building. Times Square. Yeah. You'd pick some up and take some back down to Jersey. It's like the, it's the 80s again, where you could fucking actually cruise Times Square picking up weird fucking hustlers. <laughs> These fucking guys, they don't realize... You know, because they're older and lonely, and they think that they can meet one of these fucking homeless kids, buy them a fucking sandwich, and then take up all their time. No. Creeps. But here's the interesting thing. So you read that, and you would not think to yourself, murder is the only solution. Even if he were telling the truth, which I don't know why anybody would believe him is telling the truth. He could have called the cops. Because let me tell you something. No. Dripping cum would have had to meant the guy came on your face seconds ago. You're not going to wake up from last night and the cum is still dripping down your face. Maybe the guy woke up before him and got a morning um, release. Okay. All right. You make a great fucking lawyer. Great defense lawyer. I'll defend Kai. No, you're good. You're good. Well, here's the interesting thing. And I will say the eye bangs... Uh, readers weren't buying into it. But I went around on other websites, I'm not going to say which ones, reading the comment sections. The amount of people who agreed with him that it was the only solution. Murder? Murder. Revenge murder. As if revenge murder shows up anywhere as an okay thing. We're not saying you hit somebody as he was trying to rape you. Because I'm going to assume this guy was probably sleeping before you raped, I mean, before you murdered and robbed your uh, rapist. Gay benefactor. Here's, all right, and by the way, you and I were on this yesterday. We knew this was, gay, this was gay, violent sex crimes. Here's my fucking belief. Kai is one of those gay, gay guys who's disgusted by it the moment he comes. Oh, God. Part of that whole mental illness of I'm doing something that I hate. Wow. I'm very familiar from this, from Shameless. The boyfriend of one of the kids on Shameless is like a little toughy. And after the fact. But I can't believe that people are like, hey. If it's true, I mean, we got to give them the benefit of the doubt. You got a fucking dead body laying there. We'll never know. I mean, the dude was alone by himself with this older guy. I mean, Kai, it was, uh, whatever happens between Kai and the older dude. Right, but you can't wake up in the morning and murder somebody. I mean, when he said, what would you do? 911 is one of the things that you could have done. Yeah. Ran outside, got out of there as fast as you can, contact whoever, say, I just got raped. Instead, just murder and go to Facebook. Very, very bizarre. Very fucking bizarre.
Yeah, a lot of people's hearts are broken. Everyone loved Kai. Uh, and by the way, is there a reason that you would ever put that on your Facebook? Unless you think, I need a murder excuse. This is the perfect alibi, brah. Dogtown. Murder. See, you're staying in character, and that's great. Shocking. Um, it's shocking, and yet it's not. I mean, the great thing about it is that we know this guy got on Jimmy Kimmel's show. And you don't always get murderers as a, re murderers as a regular talk show host. I mean, guest. <laughs> it was a big get. Yeah, you know, it was a big get because he was like just like the rainbow guy at that time. He was the double rainbow guy. He's the, he, he was the Charles Ramsey of his day. Ramsey's underground now, isn't he? Yeah, oh yeah, he's no worried about Fucking listen to Ike and Tina Turner fucking records and jerking off. <laughs> and when you said he was the big get, I mean, are you being homophobic again? Well, I mean, it works both ways. Charles Ramsey's the uh, Ike Turner of Cleveland. I'd be curious if anyone out there, anywhere, would say, if I was on the jury and what he was saying was true, I'd still let him off. I'd still say, okay, you can walk on this. 866-RON-ZERO-FEZ. 866-RON-ZERO-FEZ. Because the weird thing about it is, it's that still that strangeness that we have about anything that we feel like is against masculinity. Like, hitting somebody in the face, we don't think is an attack on our masculinity. Touching our balls is an, an actual attack on our... No, let me put this this way. Touching them gently. Oh, destroys sexuality. Then we want to kill. <laughs> what did you do to me? And see, my point is, if I was the prosecutor, I would fucking go out there and say, ladies and gentlemen of the jury, this fucking homeless hayseed... This tumbleweed of fucking dreadlocked weirdness is trying to play you and play you against some of your deep uh, prejudice and stereotypes that you've carried around. I'm going to guess his defense will be justifiable homicide. It would be justifiable homicide if he stopped the guy. No. But you can't take a nap. After the fact, right? Wake up and then... Like you said, he had escape routes. Then you let the police handle it, and if he's telling the truth, this old queen would go to jail for a long time. By the way, let me also put it this way. Alleged queen. Because I hate the fact that we accuse this guy of being a rapist or try to define his sex life at all since he doesn't have a chance to give his side of the story because someone beat his fucking head in with a hatchet. Um, that's the interesting thing to me. John, you're on the Run and Fest show. John, we got you, buddy? Yeah. Well, I, I, I can't pick up and follow on all this. Uh, you guys are way deeper. You're a great show, and uh, I'm from Cali. And, and, and you know what? I wouldn't doubt there's quite a few guys walking around the piers with hatchets. No. California is the kind of place that we expect this type of weird hatchet stuff. Uh, what is this? Would you uh, check into it? Thanks. Um, 
slowly, slow as we can. Um, here is uh, Tom. Tom, you're on the Ron and Fez show. Ron, we listen to Fez month after month after month on every gay issue possibly imaginable. Where are Fezzy's comments on this? Um, Just saying hi. Hey, what's happening, man? <laughs> what are you up to? Hey, you nice know. to see you, Chris Rock. Uh, stay off crack. How you doing, man? Just trying to stay off crack. Still doing your, uh, still looking, searching? Searching for this movie. Is this going to be the room? Uh, yeah, some of it. Yeah, some yeah. of it. Yeah. When do you, you guys start shooting? June 27th here. Is this one that you're directing? Yeah. I'm I, an idiot. It is. Put it up. I'm, I'm ridiculous. See, here's the thing. You and John Stewart want to make sure, hey, I've had this really successful career. Now let me give another what reason. What can I do to make people not <laughs> see me do stand-up? Yeah, I'm right. To figure out. What, what can I do to fucking turn it off at that's, all? That's what I'm trying to do. Looking for the next big flop. Yeah. All right. All right, guys. Good to see you, man. Respect. Respect. As Sandler would say. All right, man. Take care. Uh... Chris Rock just uh, dropping by because he's going to be shooting a movie in this <laughs> building somewhere and just wants to say hi and respect. Well, that was super cool. <sighs> Happens here. This is the kind of shit that goes down here. On a regular basis. Love it. Chris Rock. I have made this case before. Biggest fucking uh, stand-up special of all time. That bring on the pain thing. And what, 97? I'm fucking believable. Pretty ridiculous. Crushed the decade. That was cool. Hell yeah. I don't know why you want to direct a movie and let people get pissed off at you, though. Wants to try some? Yeah, you gotta keep trying stuff. He wants to throw it out there. What's your thing? New drugs? That's how come you're getting into the pace thing? Mustard, you mean? Goo? <laughs> Wax? Um, the weirdness of it all is last night, I think I told you about this, that they were doing reshoots on that Ben Stiller movie. Man. Now, I'd seen them shooting it the first time, and it's almost a year ago, and they had to do the reshoots in the exact same spots. And it was Kristen Wiig, and I noticed she was wearing this exact same kind of clothes. So they probably didn't like something in the dialogue, or they had added something to the character. Yeah. But can you imagine you got to go back and try to find out like exactly where your head was and what you were talking about a year ago? And what if you like you just look different to the point where it's or gained weight or whatever you know whatever. You're, it's right. Your hair is fucking different. <laughs> what if something terrible happened? You know, or that it's not, yeah. They were shooting until late, till late yesterday. I saw them out. Well, you there. can see fucking scenes. Oh, I know what it is. It's a Rosie O'Donnell, Dan Aykroyd movie. It's a very strange fucking movie where they go to an island. Is Eden? That's it. That's perfect. I've watched that so many times. So they shot it, right? Yeah. Now now you'll have to go back and watch it again. Rosie knows that she's going to be in an S&M suit, right? Yeah. So she diets forever to get there. Yeah. Uh, then they call her six, eight months later, 
hey, we're going to do some reshoots. She had let, you know, she yeah. was back to eating like Rosie. <laughs> so there are certain scenes that you can see her where she's much larger. Oh, I have to rewatch it. Oh, oh my God. It's really fucking <laughs> funny because she's in like a leather bikini with a whip yeah, type yeah. thing. It's all, it was all, yeah, like a sex island or whatever, a sex resort. Uh, Marshall, you're on the Ron Fed show. Hey, buddies. Um, first of all, I hope Fezzi's feeling all right. Um, but, uh, you know, I was thinking about Fezzi buying this kid the sandwich and the way he's scared of gays. And so I think maybe he's projecting, in all seriousness, maybe he's projecting because he feels like it's something that out of desperation he would be capable of, too. You know what I mean? Well, I don't think that Fez thinks that he would do it. I think he thinks that it would happen to him. And, you know, the fact of the matter is, is like we raise our daughters and sisters to say, don't trust that guy, don't trust that guy. But we've never thought ourselves, hey, if I get into a sexual situation of any kind, as a straight person, you never think, oh, this girl might end up choking me out and killing me. We've never had to deal with it. So... We're not used to it at all. It doesn't enter our world. Um, because we don't date horrible men the way women and gays are forced to do. Yeah. We know. I mean, the way... All right, figure this. And have you ever been involved in a, a kind of a drug deal? A yeah. big big one with any kind of weight? Yes. Where you go like, I'm going to do this thing, but this is scary... I'm going to fucking, you know what? Something could go wrong. Right. I'll bring a weapon, but I'm not going to bring it out unless I have to. All that kind of shit. Um, And there's like a thrill to it, but at the same time, you're like, man, I don't fucking feel like this. I want this guy to fucking kill me over this thing. Mm -hmm. That's what a date feels like all the time for some people. That's what a woman feels like when she's on a fucking first date. Is the same way of you meeting a fucking Spanish guy <laughs> in West fucking Philadelphia. That's what a date feels like. Well, you know, fathers give pepper spray and tasers to their daughters. Just, what just, chance do they have? You'll fucking snap that fucking pepper spray or snazer, uh, taser out of her fucking hand so fast. We'll make the girl feel safer. No, th- th- they're in no fucking position. And that's how this guy who picked up Kai in Times Square. Now, this also wasn't, <laughs> as far as I know, the old style, you know, dry, guy walking, driving around, young guy standing on a corner. This was like a Facebook thing. Because Kai's been, uh, you know, couch surfing all around America. Yeah, he's bouncing around every, all over the place. Canada, too. He's, he's everywhere. And people are like, yeah, I'll let fuck you watch in the next couple of weeks. All those weird TV shows are going to be filled with kids like Kai. When he stayed with me, he was kind of scary. And he told me he killed other people and he could kill me. But he didn't. So it's cool. Yeah, even after the first attack, he said he attacked some other dude. And now this happens. And plus, you know, YouTube videos have popped up of him all over the place. It's really weird. Um, and see, here's the deal. Girls will tell you they have all these rules, and then they will break the rules. You know what I mean? Yeah, and right. also not buying into 
that a lot of predators act fucking nice at first. Yeah, the right dude comes along, or the seemingly right dude. I'm like, all right. Right. This guy seems fine. Mm-mm. Mm-mm. Well, then you end up with the Kai ladies. Um. And he has dried flakes all over his face. Well, he didn't say. He said, actually, pouring cum. Was he in a Bukaki video against his will? By the way, how many people you think have the kind of jobs that Chris Rock just fucking walks in the room, says hi, and then walks out? That's pretty fucking cool. It's super fuck, su- super cool. You said fucking. I said fu- You know what? I'm going to give you a little time off today. You sure? Yeah. Because you've been very good. All right, fuck yeah. That you, that sounded unnatural. <laughs> it, did, it sounded like you forced it, like a fifth grader. It did feel unnatural. It's, I, I, I'm in this. I, like, I'm noticing people curse now. Like even you know off the air. I'm like, please. I don't. I'm feeling. Please, I'm that's feel, rude. I feel off kilter to be honest. Yeah. I really feel weird. Well, you haven't made me laugh in a, uh, since the beginning of May. That that hurts. Uh, Jim, Iowa, you're on the Run of Fez show. Hi there. Hey, I was the uh, first responder winner for the John Oates, and I got my uh, Todd Rundgren signed CD yesterday, and I just called to thank you guys so very much. It's freaking awesome. That is awesome. It is. That's uh, well, thanks, part thanks of again. our uh, uh, <coughs> Philly boys. Mm-hmm. That's nice. We could do a whole Philly show now with all the fucking legends of Philly, particularly if we throw Gene London into the mix. Um, Paul in the Bronx, showing the manifest show. Hey, how you doing, guys? Uh, this is third time for Kai because when they interviewed him on on TV, he said he hit he killed some other guy with a whacked in the head with a hatchet. Yeah, he said somebody that was abusing a woman. He yeah. seems to oh, have this. Well, he always has a reason. Yeah, <laughs> he seems to have this heroic thing in the uh, back of his mind. Right place, right time for Kai. Except, you know, Times Square. It's always the right time and the right place to kill somebody. Hi, I'm Kai. <laughs> uh, the Boston bombing suspect left a note in the boat. Uh, he had written it all over the sides. In marker. Yeah, in marker. Basi- that was all shot full of holes. <laughs> Basically saying he would not mourn his brother because his brother was with 100 virgins in paradise. And... Uh, Saying that those people that got killed were collateral damage, same way Muslims who get killed are collateral damage. Okay. He's going to have a tough time in his trial. You know right now that his fucking lawyer is staring at him going, why did you write on the side of the boat, dude? I thought I was going to die. You were the cute brother. I had the cute brother angle. You're a pothead. Everybody thought you were adorable. His fan club's going to take a big hit. I don't think so, because those girls aren't easily moved uh, by anything like that. They might think a cop wrote that on the wall to frame him. Yeah, I mean, once you want to believe, you will believe anything. Yeah, also, when you attack one Muslim, you attack all Muslims. Now you're being called out of the thing, Chris. Spence wants you. Oh my god. We look up here and it's like a train station. And, 
they also said Fred Armisen and Jason Sudakis will be leaving SNL. I think that means makes like four now that are gone. And a really funny review where James Franco uh, reviewed Great Gatsby. Um, what is it? Uh, would you like to have Miss Glenn Close stop by? When's that? I'd say in about half hour. Yeah. Ms. Glenn, oh, I'll, I'll, I'll let Spencer know. Let Spencer know. Is it a movie? Is it, uh, or is she going to be shooting a movie here? And probably Glenn Close and me and Chris Rock will all be having lunch together. Gain the details. Good. You get him. Because I haven't seen any movie that she was in. You never seen a Glenn Close movie? No, not the one that she's promoting. I've seen Glenn Close movies, but do you think she wants to talk about movies that she's not promoting? Um, yeah, thanks for bringing up a mo- Thanks for bringing up Big Chill, but I'm here <laughs> for another reason. I'm getting to the bottom of it. Uh, a lot of stuff up on the Filtered Excellence, including Upstream Color, which I really do want a bunch of us to watch. Yeah. I've seen it twice now. Yeah, I'm, uh, I'm watching it again tonight. I watched it uh, a couple days ago. And that's a movie, just like Shane Cruz's first film, Primer, that you want to watch more than once. But you understand this is weirder than Primer. As weird as Primer was, this is even weirder. In a, it's in a different planet. It's in a different universe. It's, it's totally nuts. This movie's really out there. Let's see what we have up here. Mel Brooks, American Masters, Beloved. Uh, a Tom Waits. Is this a, a a book? Oh, it's photos. Yeah, it's a photo book. Very very cool. Download this. Braindex came up. Wish I had an iPad so I could play Braindex. I got a Android tablet. Feel silly. What's this scarecrow playing at the film forum? You ever see that Al Pacino? Gene Hackman. It came out just around the same time as Panic in Needle Park. God, it's fucking great. Wow, really early Pacino. Yeah. Panic in Needle Park's great. You will love Scarecrow, too. It's basically Kai the movie. It's very, <laughs> very weird. Uh, Chuck Close thing going on. Chuck Close is one of the guys that always went it on. I never uh, get to uh, deal with him. Sharon Jones and the Dap Kings in Brooklyn. Yeah, the great Gugamuga. That's going to be a prospect park in Park Slope. That's a big festival. Food festival. But it's awesome they got Sharon Jones playing. Yeah, I think Hall Oates did it last year. But don't you have to stand in line for a lot of food? That's that's the thing. that um, The lines are pretty bad. We should see if Rob Cross is doing anything with them this uh, year. I think he did something before. Yeah, he, he, I think he was there last year. That's right in his neighborhood. Where he rocks it out in Park Slope. Should be living in Park Slope, man. It's really nice. Even yeah. like the parts that were like even somewhat a little bit bad are now just really nice. Every, the entire... I'm just getting bored in my neighborhood. I've just lived there too long. Park Slope's a great neighborhood to move to. Just live on Seventh Avenue, you'd be loving it. And Shadow Dancer is up there. We may be getting someone from Shadow Dancer on the show. Which 
the way it looks like now, people just pop in. <laughs> just walk on in. Come I mean, on. At least we get the half hour with Glenn Close. But it's just like Glenn Close and I now are buddies because we did that other thing. Unlike you, Chris Stanley, I've hugged Glenn Close in my life. I shook Lebowski's hand. That's big. That was a big one for It's me. great that you just still call him his character's name <laughs> rather than seeing him as an actor. Uh, you're being waved at again. Okay. One second. Angry Birds is coming to th- the theaters in 2016. As if people will still care about Angry Birds in 2016. Never going to happen. All right, uh, Glenn, um, we'll have our first... Uh, you know, this is weird. When you said Glenn, right? Yeah. Uh, it sounds like a guy. You have to say Glenn Close. Miss Glenn Close. By the way, a guy in my neighborhood's name was Glenn and never would let anybody uh, call him that. Because he didn't like his name. You had to call him Willis. Was that his last name? No, his last name was Reed. So he demanded to be called Willis Reed. <laughs> wow. How'd that go for him? And the only time uh, that you would call him Glenn is when you were mad at him. Like, no, Glenn. You know, no, like that would annoy even more. Yeah. Like, you know, I don't like being called that. He was one of the older guys. So if I said it, I had to be ready to fucking take off. Like the throwdown. What is it that you want? Okay. Instead of fucking Miss- trying to relate to me. What's going on out there? Miss Glenn Close. Um, we'll have her sister and her nephew, Jesse Close and Kalen Pick with them. This does not make any sense. You don't. You don't say this to me. Can they come in and then say that they're going to have a family reunion? You would have to say because this changes everything. Why is the whole family here? Everyone's doing a movie together. Oh no no no! They have a, a PSA about mental illness. Uh, her sister has bipolar. And uh, the the nephew is schizophrenic. I don't know anything about schizophrenic. I talk to people who say they're bipolar. The weird thing about bipolar is a lot of people will say like they're a little bipolar. But if you really hear about the bipolar thing, it's very dangerous. And schizophrenia is always pretty dangerous. But there's like... When you get into bipolar, there's like some people act like, well, I'm a little bipolar, and that's why I gamble. Or I found out I'm bipolar, that's why I dated so many guys. You ever, like, now when you meet those kind of girls, sometimes you feel guilty later because you're, if they're on that manic high, mm-hmm. you're kind of taking advantage of it. Yeah, and they find out later that they're on medication now. Yeah, and what they did with you is... Regrettable, bad decisions. Right. So for (laughs) you, if you're not suffering from that, you feel somewhat criminal. Yeah, when I was with you, I wasn't on any of these pills, and my life was off the rails. (laughs) And schizophrenia, as far as I know, that's the really... You really got to work to, you know, to beat that one. 
And schizophrenia is weird. Like just growing up, you thought like schizophrenia was just like multiple personalities. Well, but it's but it's, you know it's so many different things. Well, the, the reason why you say that is because the way it was presented to you on TV shows yeah. and movies, that's that they would use schizophrenia almost as a um, Doctor Jekyll, Mister Hyde type thing. And again, it's one of those stereotypes that we play over and over and over in our heads um, because what we saw. And what we saw is completely wrong. In the same way, no one has ever hypnotized anybody with a watch. But if you, you could go anywhere and say, okay, what am I doing right now? And people will say, trying to hypnotize me. Yeah. This is how we learn wrong things from the movies all the time. It becomes shorthand. Could movies be any more wrong about psychology or mental illness? Um, here's, um, well, it's because they're not really there to teach. They're there to entertain. So there was a long period of time where, you know, the, like, gay was an excuse for some kind of weird thing. If you go back and watch movies from the 50s, <laughs> it's crazy the way that they deal with gayness. And then we find that out about, you know, addiction or whatever, that they always have gotten it wrong. But they don't give a shit because they're just making a movie and you find out that they're just copying off each other all the time. Like, oh, we'll make a schizophrenic. This will make totally believable. That's why they went nuts. Um, here's uh, James. James, you're on the Run and Fez show. Hey, Ronnie, how you doing? Yeah. Good. I hope, uh, hope Fez is doing well. Hey, uh, Pitsy, this is the way I would have introduced uh, Glenn Close. Miss Glenn Close is coming in with two people who think she's family. Um, see, that's the kind of shit that we don't want to promote. <laughs> Never, man. Uh, Chris, of course, did the introduction there with a lack of show business because he doesn't have a show business background. He hasn't been trained properly. Um, but... Here's Joe. Joe, you're on the Ryan Fed show. It's not your fault, Chris. Hey, guys. How yeah. Hey, can you guys hear me? Yeah. All right. Hey, big fan of you guys. Um, I'm stationed here at Fort Campbell, Kentucky. I've been in the Army for probably about almost seven years. I'm in the infantry. Did uh, my first deployment as a sniper. Uh, and then my second just as a regular infantryman. Uh, I have this. Uh, I, I've been wanting to write a book. And um, about my experiences in the Army and everything, and uh, I really think I have a lot to offer, and this is why. Uh, I'm getting medically retired for uh, severe PTSD and uh, severe TBI, which is traumatic brain injury. Um, my last deployment, though, um, I had a squad leader that after I got blown up by an IED, um, I was on bed rest, and uh, he decided to... Um, sexually assault me while I was sleeping and take pictures while he was doing things to me. Um, he then got, uh, when we got back, he started stalking me, harassing me, and uh, it led to a physical altercation where he was arrested and then uh, later court-martialed and sent to prison for a year. Um, but with all that said, I also have a lot of combat experience that I would like to add to that book. Do you think that that's any way something that people would want to read or be interested in? Um, I certainly want to read this book. This sounds like one of the craziest things I've ever heard in my life. <laughs> um, yeah, and it, and I, I may sound really chipper and everything, but that's 
due to probably some medication and uh, some therapy. And I really am in a good place now with everything. Um, or at least I feel that I am. Well, have you brought it but, up with your therapist? Uh, yeah, I have. And here's the one problem, though. I suck at writing. I'm an infantryman, and uh, we're not known for being that smart. We're uh, trigger pullers. So, uh, you got any advice on that? Yeah, here's what I would, here would be my advice for you. Uh, write it for yourself, right? Write it yeah. just in your language, uh, just as if you were telling the story like it was a, you know, a letter to a friend or something. Uh, don't try to be overly... Uh, Dramatic. Yeah, just tell it matter-of-fact. And if the story itself works, then you'll be able to show it to somebody and, you know, if you get an editor, they'll help you here and there. But to me, what seems like it's uh, the interesting thing is, I, uh, you know, your story itself is just fucking mind-blowing. Yeah. And, I, uh, uh, tell me this. Why do you want to write the book? Because there's a stigma in the Army, well, in the military, that PTSD is something that you can just um, suck it up. Right. You know, and drive on. And that's not the case. Um, it, it severely crippled me for a long time and uh, hindered my relationship, ended my marriage. I didn't want to see my son. Like, it, it drawn me out from life a lot. Led me down the road to drugs and everything. Glad to say I've been sober now since February 15th. Congratulations, brother. Thank you. Thank you. But here's another thing to add to that sexual assault. He did this to four other soldiers in my platoon, all without us knowing about it until we got back. And uh, he got one year in prison for that. One year in Leavenworth. Right. Now, I, I hate to say this, but I, I honestly feel that uh, if, if I did this to five girls in my squad, that I would be hung downtown for all to see. Right. But may, maybe that's just the sexist in me. I, no, I I, I, I I agree with you, and I think a big part of it is, like, it makes all men feel uncomfortable, and it's probably why we don't want to, you know what I mean? Like, it, it's, yeah, it, for the same reason why it's tough for you to fucking deal with is the same reason why it's tough for other men to even yeah. hear about. Definitely in the alpha man world of uh, combat infantry, man. Sure. You know? um, and uh, you definitely, you definitely question a lot of things. Does this make me gay? Like, you know, like, well, I had an erect penis during that. Does that make me gay? Like, uh, what? Dude, what do you realize that, that that's me? the perfect title for your book? I had erect penis during this. Does that make yeah. me gay? Yeah. Or I at think, least a I chapter. <laughs> Isn't it great, though, that we can actually laugh about this? Though? You laugh That's about all the shit once you get behind it. Uh, yeah, one, it yeah, once that, it's gone. You just touched on that. You just touched on why why I want to write this. Because it's, it's happening to other guys in the Army. It is. And they don't want to come forward about it, you know, because they don't, they don't want to be looked at like that. And definitely now, since it's the don't ask, don't tell is gone, and uh, they, they just they don't want to be grouped in that category sure. sometimes. And, uh and I just want to, if I have to be that spokesman, if I have to be that figurehead for male sexual assault, I'll do that. I'll gladly do that. All right. See, here's the thing. If you're worried about writing, just the way that you told it here, you might even want to just tell your story into a tape recorder 
and you know then have it typed up after see what it looks like then you could go you know then you could go back and worry about shaping yeah. it but just put your story together and most people don't really understand the post traumatic uh, stress thing i mean chris is uh, telling us that we're going to have some guests coming in and they're dealing with schizophrenia and um What's the other one called? Bipolar. Yeah, bipolar, which is similar, but not exactly. I'm not an expert in this, but I always find these kind of challenges of thinking, you know, uh, anything to do with the brain, anything to do with the mind are always fascinating uh, to me, Um, particularly because like what you're talking about now, Joe, when you're on the other side of it, then you could say, what did I learn from this? You know? Mm -hmm. Yeah. Man, it, it, uh, my time in the Army is ending now, and, you know, and I look back on it, and I, and it's sad to say, sometimes you got to think, was it all worth it, you know? Like, sure. Um, I struggle tying my shoes now because of my brain injury. Um, I'm going to, I'm enjoying my last probably few years of being able to drive a car, you know. How and, did you uh, get the brain injury? Um, an IED explosion in uh, 2011, or 2010, in uh, uh, Patika province, Afghanistan. I mm-hmm. hit about a 120-pound uh, homemade explosive bomb, and uh, I was the only one hurt in the vehicle. Uh, passed out and uh, blacked out and uh, I, and continued my deployment. I didn't think anything was wrong with me then. You know, I just kind of woke up. The medic looked at me and said I was good to go, and uh spent a few days on bed rest and then hit hit, hit back out on uh, the missions and, and then, then when i came back um i started sleep driving and uh which led me to run into um and get into an accident one night uh, when I, in the middle of the night when i was sleep driving and then i realized that's a problem i need to get this looked at and uh, they did a bunch of MRIs and everything and tests. And, uh, yeah, I have a permanent brain damage in my right frontal cortex. And I have a excruciating migraine at least three times a week. Um, and, uh, yeah, it's, uh, it's a struggle to uh, get over it. But uh, I'm living life, and uh, I'm the happiest I've honestly ever been right now. Um, but that's with all saying. I still, I still have depression. I still have anxiety. I hate crowds. Um, I sleep with a gun underneath my pillow. You know. Um, and what's I, that do for you? The gun underneath the pillow. What do you get from that? <laughs> you know. Wow. Uh, that's what my therapist asks me all the time. Uh, nothing, I guess. I mean, there's uh, got to be a reason that you're doing it, right? Well. Um, during my first deployment, there was a fa- uh, cop that we were at that got overran, and you just you always have to be on guard, you know. Mm-hmm. And, uh, I don't know. I just I, I I'm fearful for my life at times. Well, you know, to go back to your original question, uh, when you said, "Do you think this is a book?" I certainly think that you've got a, a, a fascinating story. Uh, and, you know, whether it'll become a hit book or something, I don't know. Yeah. But get it down for yourself. But, you know, there's always been a long history of kind of military books that people tend to want to go back and look at the wars once they get further away from it. Uh, a lot of writers, Norman Mailer, uh, Hemingway, those guys wanted to be near the front 
so that they would have stories. Actually, they wanted to have something happen, so it would be interesting enough for them to write about. You've already had these uh, crazy, crazy things uh, go on in your life, and you know here you are dealing with them. I, I would write it up, Joe. Yeah, and I, and I did try to uh, reach out to a reporter mm-hmm. um, uh, at the Army Times, um, and uh, we had this story all written, ready to go. It was about to be published, and my unit um, kind of silenced the gun on me. They told me that I better withdraw it and uh, better not speak out about it. Well, and, uh, once you're out of the military, then you're yeah. free to tell whatever story you want to tell, so... Um, yeah, I sure, certainly he, will. Hey, a guy yeah. named Joe is called from Pittsburgh. He says he publishes books. Um, hey, Joe. Hey, buddy. Yeah. How you doing? Did you have some advice for him? Uh, yeah, I actually, I'm full-time in the Army. I'm a E6, and I've, I've been in some of the situations the other caller's been in. Um, I work for a company called, uh, can I say this? Can sure. I plug the name of us? Sure. It's called Tactical16.com. It's Tactical, the number 16.com. We... Um, publish books that are written by veteran authors we have about five books out right now and none of the guys are professional authors you know it's just guys telling stories um the guy that uh started the company he's overseas right now he wrote a book and he had a lot of problems trying to publish it they said you know it doesn't sound good that's a tough thing to do to publish books yeah you're not a real author so uh our, our our president, Eric Shaw, wrote a book called Brave Rifles, and he's like, you know what, I'm going to publish this myself. And he's helped other authors, um, some really good guys, uh, and um, we, we do as much as we can to help out. If you want, if uh, the guy on the line wants to email me, um, he can do that uh, with his idea. And, uh, you know, if he has, like, a rough draft, we can help him out. And um, we don't charge the, uh, the author. We uh, we sell it on like an ebook or a Kindle or you know on iBook type format mm-hmm. to raise money to put it out in a hard copy format. So and then part of our proceeds go to small grassroots uh, charitable organizations that I, are veterans. I'm on. gonna put you both on hold so you guys can exchange information. Okay, Joe's. Okay, right, thanks. Thank a lot. you so much, Ron. All right, buddy. Good luck to you. Thank you. Love you guys. All right, thanks. All right, so take both those guys. Uh, Line two and line three uh, off the air. Uh, here's Nick. Nick, you're on the Run of Fez show. Hey, um, so the difference between bipolar and, well, so I guess there really is no difference, but bipolar has to do with extreme mood swings. So they used to be called manic depression. Right. You'd have, so you'd see these people enter into states of mania. And then they would feel great, like they're the king of the world. They'd have, like, delusions of grandeur. They think they're amazing. Um, spend tons of money, never sleep, have lots of sex. And then the crippling, crippling depression sets in, and they can't get out of bed, and they get all suicidal. And that's when they seek help, is during the, the downward spirals. And what makes it a challenge to treat is it's so medically based that, like, for example, there's a drug, Depico. It's, it's off-label treated for bipolar is or for people who are bipolar and um it stabilizes the mood and it does a really good job and it has a pretty low um side effect profile but the problem with it is is that these people miss their manias and so they feel dead or numb on the 
on the inside. Right. If that makes any sense. And then schizophrenia is uh, is characterized by disorganization of thought. It's dopamine based in the brain. So, for example, like these people start like they they're just really disorganized in how they think. You say like, "What are you thinking about?" And then they're like thoughts jump from one thing to another. Um, you see hygiene go, it, and there's different times. But uh, well, you know, always, the, the thing that you brought up about the drugs, like because we're always talking about people being, you know over-prescribed in this country, but these are the a- actual people that they make the drugs for. I mean, this yeah. is where Western medicine has leapt ahead, and the problem is they give some of these drugs to people who really don't need them, and it kind of gives the drugs a bad uh, fucking na- you know, name, but for the people who do need them, it's incredibly important here's one of the reasons why i'm glad to even uh talk to these folks is because if you go back to joe and what he was talking about of like having this you know this crippling thing but not being able to talk about it with anyone it's almost ridiculous because if you had some kind of ailment at all it's not like you would keep it to yourself. You know what I mean? It's not like uh, if you had spinal problems, you're trying to... I don't want anybody to find out that I need these crutches because then they'll think I'm weak. Uh, why would we the other way? It's very, very strange how we got into that. It, it seems like too much of ancient thinking. Uh, because most people that you meet are dealing with some kind of uh, anxiety or depression... And most of that, when you really think of, if you think about it this way, that's like having a head cold when these people walk around with double pneumonia. You know, it's better just to talk about this stuff. Um, here's uh, Dale. Dale, you're on the Run of Fez show. Hey, morning, boys. Uh, have you talked to a documentary director by the name of Kevin Booth? No. Um, he's got a new movie coming out. It's called American Drug War Two. Now, he was, uh, Alex Jones interviewed him yesterday. They played some clips. He talked about, uh, the drugs that are being prescribed to kids in foster care and who's making all the money off it. He kind of, there's a, uh, they played a clip of the movie where they're going into the background of where American modern medicine came from, how it was established by the foundations back in the teens and early twenties, um, so that they could control it and get us away from natural medicine and more into the drugs, which of course, you know, those guys but, you, yeah, but I do want to just say something about this. All yeah. the other ways, if you're dealing with like a light depression or just like basic anxiety, I would, you know, particularly with my background, being an addictive person myself, I would recommend you never did. You know, you, you, you do everything you can before you go on drugs. But if you have schizophrenia, you're not going to be able to beat that you know, eating better and walking every morning and having a mantra or, you know, relaxation exercises. This is exactly the people that need these drugs. And the weird thing is for all the shit that we've said before about drug companies, and they do deserve a lot of criticism. We've made giant leaps and bounds with some of these drugs and what they're able to do for people. Um, you're able to stabilize people that would have 
ended up in a mental institution not all that long ago. Back when you were a kid, some of the people walking around now and holding their jobs would have been the kind of folks that never got stabilized and would have been kept in some kind of hideous protective care place for decades throughout their lives. So, and and I won't speak uh, for Glenn Close and her family. You know, I'll wait till uh, we get the interview with them. Um, But if you find out that, that you're dealing with this kind of bipolar stuff or schizophrenia or you have it in your family, there are ways now to be treated that didn't exist uh, in the past. And you can't be, uh, you can't play down the fact of what modern medicine has done in those cases. Now, I also agree, if you have a restless kid, the last thing you want to start doing is doping them up. And I think we do far too much of that in this country. The weird thing is for the restless kids, the kids with the ADHD or whatever, they give them speed to have them focus but they're already, if they're already restless and all over the place like Adderall's it's speed Adderall's but it's focusy speed. speed it's it's almost like they're taking that thing and focusing it somewhere and what we don't know what it's like for some of those kids you know you've gone through the only way that you can get your attention is being on this drug does that mean that you'll ever be able to have any kind of attention without it um Here's uh, here's Derek. Derek, you're on the Run of Fez show. Hey, Ronnie. Yeah. Hey, I only got a couple minutes, actually. I'm going to start seeing patients here, but the previous caller's description of bipolar and schizophrenia were just a little bit off. Okay. But the main thing is, if you look at, if you look at treatment of mood and behavioral disorder, it's very difficult to treat because you have, it's completely subjective to the patient experience. Right. There's no diagnostics that you can do. It's not like if someone has diabetes, you can check their blood sugar, and then you can determine therapy. And the other biggest challenge is the insurance companies, and the way they actually reimburse the providers, is really built toward a 15-minute med management consultation. So it's almost we are put in a position where we have to understand the patients, what they're, what they're actually feeling in a half an hour initial consultation, but then we only have 15 minutes to determine in the follow-up if their meds are working, how they're actually feeling, what are their symptoms, and that's all we can pay for. So we're almost put in a position where we have to prescribe and evaluate, and those are our only choices. Now, and you're saying, like, even if, let's say, Chris Stanley and I came in, describe the same symptoms, we may need vastly different drugs to deal with it. Well, yeah, there was a trial done back in the early 2000s. It was called the Katie trial. It was looking at schizophrenic patients. And what that showed is about 80% of patients in the first 18 months actually had to discontinue their therapy because of lack of efficacy or side effect breakthroughs. So what you're saying is 100% correct. You may be feeling the same thing as Pepper, but the way that your body is and the way that your brain works and your levels of serotonin and dopamine and what's going on with these different neurotransmitters and the receptors inside of your brain can actually determine what therapies are going to work. And until we can map the brain, you know, which is some of the things that they're actually looking to do now, it's, 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 it's a hypothesis. It's clinical experience and then what you know about these drugs. 
and then it's, it's trial and error. And a lot of times, you can have a patient who you're seeing an initial consultation, you send them out, you think you have the right therapy choice, all of a sudden, they go way into mania, and they end up in a in an inpatient care facility. And that's the only way that you know that they failed. And then you see them again after they get out. So really, it seems like the other side of it, too, is like you really do need people in that family to almost be your eyes and ears the whole time that they're on this drug as well, right? Like, well, yeah. Sure. I mean, I think that's fair, but, I mean, there, again, there's different levels of bipolar. There's bipolar right. one where you have the really high highs and the really low lows. And then you have bipolar two where you get similar highs, not quite as high, but you don't get the really low lows. And usually the duration of time that you're spending in those really low lows is not as bad. So if you're more severe... Yeah, you do need a support system that's around you, especially schizophrenia. Schizophrenia is, I mean, they're, they're really not, I mean, they're both disorders of the brain, but they're very, very different. Schizophrenia is where you have, you know, the voices in your head, the thoughts that can be telling you to, you know, kill somebody, kill yourself, you know, um, uh, you know the grandiosity of thought. You know, a lot of things happen inside of the schizophrenic mind that we still don't really understand. Those people are never going to be fully functional members of society for the most part. They may be able to, at the best, get lower-level jobs, you know, bagging groceries or something. All right, thanks so much for calling, dude. I appreciate it. Uh, All right, so here's what they're promoting right now. It's called Bring Change to Mind, and that's the number two. Dot org. Bring change to mind. We're going to be talking with Glenn Close, Jesse Close, who is her sister, and then Kalen Pick, who is Jesse's son. Now, from what I understand, Jesse has this, grew up with Glenn. Jesse has which one? Bipolar. All right, she's bipolar, and then her, her son is schizophrenic. Now, I've met people who, you know, say that they deal with the bipolar stuff. And what the nurse just told us was true is, like, they're all different variations of bipolar. So some of it can be a lot easier dealt with, and then other people have it tough. As far as I know, schizophrenic is always a tough ride. Um you really... You don't have light schizophrenia. Yeah, it's exactly right. And that is because uh, they honestly have difficulty figuring out what's on the inside and outside of what they're thinking. Um, but, why we're saying that, and uh, by way, I am no way an expert on any of this. It's just that I tend to read a lot of things about creativity, and you would be shocked how many creative people have dealt with both these things. Some of the most famous people in the world, because uh, sometimes the mania works to help create great works of art. And the other thing is, for some of the schizophrenia or bipolar, because you see the world differently, you can if you're if you have the skills and creativity to pull it off, you can present that back to the world. You know what I mean, and make the audience see 
the world somewhat differently. Now, having said that, I would not recommend either one of these things to people. I'm just pointing out as if you go back through time. Um, also, great politicians have had it. If you read about uh, different people who've given fantastic speeches, it may be at a time of some of their mania or whatever. Um, here's TJ in Michigan. You're on the Run of Fez show. How you doing, buddy? Good, pal. I'm uh, considered uh, adult attention hyperactive deficit disorder, bipolar manic depressant. And originally they had started me on Ritalin and Busbar. Ritalin is the purest form of methamphetamine you can get. And it actually does. It speeds you up to slow you down. Uh, without it, back when I was a youngster, my parents, my grandparents raised me. And uh, they would give me more things to do than they figured I could figure out how to do, which would race my brain and keep me calm. And I'd figure out all these little chores they had me to do just keep me occupied. And as I got older, I got into an industry where we did a lot of math to stay awake, which kept me calm. And then when I quit doing that, well, a problem occurred. But anyhow, they had me pretty much balanced out. And then what happened is I got on a manic high one day because I lost my license. And the guy cut it up in front of me. And before we went down there, um, they had me on these, oh, what's those things? Steady takes those uh, to slow down. Um, anyhow, it's, it'll knock you out, trust me. And... Uh, I took a few of those before I went down, a couple while I was there, a couple more while I was, after he cut my license, before he cut my license off. He cut my license off, took a couple more. I should have been dead by then, but I wasn't. Um, and I had a bottle of 30 of them, had seven more in a bottle, and I was putting them together, got an argument with some kids. I'm like, take another, take another Xanax. I said, take another Xanax. Oh, yeah, I took another goddamn Xanax. I took the whole freaking bottle. Well, after a couple hours, when uh, they realized something was really wrong with me, they called the ambulance. They come and got me. They told her she stayed, they left without the lights on. Told her, I'm dying. I'm dead. They're going to make it. And she kept saying, no, he's not committing suicide. He's pissed off. And when I come to, they had me strapped to the table because they do that to all suicide people. And I had to pee. Well... They weren't gonna, they weren't going to let me up. So I guess when I started breaking those straps that they had me strapped to the table with, Jesus Christ, six, dude! Yeah, yeah. She said six of the fun, biggest sons of bitches you ever seen in your life came in there and replaced those little tiny four inch straps with these big wide six inch straps. I said, "Well, did I pee in them?" She said, "Oh yeah, you pissed all over them." And she said, "Get blood from them now. Get it from them now, because that's when we have a." That's that's him. That's the way he really is. That's interesting, man. And they found out the manic high. And that's what that difficult does, is control the electronic brain waves. It's kind of like grand mild seizures is what it controls in my situation. So All right, thanks, I'm, TJ. i got to go because i got these guys coming in. All right, thanks, buddy. Thank you very much. I Ron. appreciate it. Uh, all right, so it's bringchangetomine.org. That's the number two, bringchangetomine.org. Are we going to break first, uh, Chris? Let's break. All right, we'll, we'll break first, uh, but I want to set this up for you again. We're going to have Glenn Close 
uh, who we all know because, I don't know, five, I guess, Academy Award nominations, uh, and her sister, Jessie Close. Uh, they've made some of these PSAs together before. Um, now, here's the other part. Jesse's son has schizophrenia, so he's dealing with that. Uh, and it's all in, you know, the same family. Um, fascinating to me that you look at this and you go, why one sister, not the other sister? You know, because if it's genetics... She should have this or something. I don't know if, if anyone should. You know, that's leaping ahead. But why one over the other? And, you know, then you also have to wonder... Did Glenn get some great gifts to be an actor? Because maybe there's a touch of that, but not having to pay the full freight as her own sister. I don't know. I just find the mind so fascinating. I know very little about it, but it's always insane to me, particularly working this job, that you meet people who they might be able to do one thing really, really well, like be a songwriter. And I'm talking about some of the greatest songwriters you ever met in your life. But if you told them, now you have to go catch this plane, they pretty much have to have somebody assigned to them or the wander or off. You know, my point is that you think that you realize, okay, there's geniuses and they're not. But most geniuses aren't geniuses in everything. They're just genius in something. And hopefully it's always something that other people value and will put a price tag on. Because um, you certainly don't want to be like genius at buttoning your shirt. Like you could just do really it good. anywhere. Really good. Uh, yeah, and it's not the type of thing that people are going to care about. Do it with one hand. All right, so we'll break here, and we will come back. It's bring change to mind, and we're going to have the great actress uh, Glenn Close and her sister Jenny Close, who has a bipolar condition. And then uh, Glenn Close's nephew, Jenny's son, Kalen Pick, who suffers from schizophrenia. We will be right back. It's the Run and Fez Show. The Run and Fez Show on the Open Anthony Channel. Sirius XM. <laughs> You've been warned. The Open Anthony Channel. The Run and Fez Show continues. Glenn Close is back with us. There's a new PSA today. If you want to go to bringchangetomine.org, bringchangetomine.org, uh, the two is the number two. Uh, but, Glenn, this is a family affair that you're working on this time. It is definitely a family affair, and it actually always has been. Mm -hmm. um, our first PSA we shot in, in Grand Central Station, and Ron Howard directed it, and both Kaylin and Jesse were in it. Jess had a line, um, and Kaylin and and, Je and our two daughters appeared. Um, but this time, it, Kaylin is the uh, spokesperson, and 
and Jess is in the background and I make a little entrance because we want it to be about family and conversation within families. Well, because this is a this is a family matter, I guess. Mm-hmm. It's a family matter uh, more than anything else. Uh, Jesse, for you to get the word out there, and now also for you, Kaylin, what are you guys trying to achieve through getting people to talk? Acceptance, mm-hmm. mental illness, lack of stigma, helping to fight the stigma, and letting people know that we're just just have an illness. Mm-hmm. It's nothing more, nothing less. Yeah, I, I, I think all that. And just a change in attitude, like a general a change in maybe all the, you know, um, apathy, you know, the um, laughing at, at people, things like that, which are things that I used to do. Mm-hmm. And now I, I, I know better because I've, you know, gone through what, for lack of a better word, hell, you know. Sure. And... Well, Jesse, for you, what age were you when you start to have to know that you were dealing with this? When I knew what I was dealing yeah, with? Yeah, when, when oh. you start to get the symptoms for this. I think I probably got the symptoms in my very early 20s. Mm-hmm. I probably showed some things before that. But um, I didn't, I just thought that was me. Right. Um, we all I, did. Yeah. yeah. She was the wild one. I was the wild one, yeah. Which was all part of it, I guess. You know, the, 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 I've always noticed that there's a lot of uh, people who deal with it by doing their own amount of partying or substance mm-hmm. abuse. Uh, I'm in the program, so a lot of people who thought that all they were dealing with was alcoholism or drug addiction, mm-hmm. once they get that under control, find out that there's other uh, exactly. problems. Yeah. But when you first, well, yeah, when you first became aware, it was a different time where you didn't talk about as much, right? Well, I I am a recovering alcoholic mm-hmm. and drug addict, and I um, used drugs and alcohol to alleviate a lot of the symptoms, to jack me up when I was depressed and uh, bring me down when I was manic, and um, I'm 12 years sober now, and I have finally found an equilibrium isn't that amazing? It is. It's, it is. And just that whole thing of trying to self-medicate yourself was just slowing down what needed to be done. To be done. looked at, yeah. Yeah. And I was, I was first diagnosed when I was 47. Wow. Uh, I'd had all three of my kids. My daughter, who's 10 years younger than Kaylin, was still at home, and it was not good for her. Right. Um, she's turned out to be an angel, but I put her through a lot. And... That wasn't the correct diagnosis. I didn't get the correct diagnosis till I was 51. Wow. Um, but I'm here now. What is What makes the correct diagnosis so difficult? Why is it tough for them to figure out exactly what's going on? I think if doctors, I think some doctors are very hurried and they just hear this symptom and that symptom and they throw some medication at it. Um, I was luckily uh, with a doctor when I was 51 who really listened, um, really listened to what was going on with mm-hmm. me and gave me the appropriate medication and that helped. 
But it took that long. It yeah. took that long before you can get it. Um, and I've also noticed, as in a, I'm sure that you've seen this yourself, Len, in the arts, so many of our great artists over the years have dealt with this. In some ways, mm. in a lot of ways, it seems to go hand-in-hand hand with creativity. Um, is, mm. is that the way it is for, for you, Kellen? Um, I guess so. I mean, yeah. Uh, I thought, you know, I guess it does. You know, yeah, simply, right. simply as yeah. that. I mean, um, I remember Jesse once I, saying to me, because our family is a very creative family. Uh -huh. um, and I remember just saying, well, I guess I'm the sacrificial lamb. <laughs> is that right? So, uh, you know, the idea, I mean, it, it, our brains are, are, are unbelievable organs. I mean, mm -hmm. and there's, it's so complex. Um, as we all know, um, trillions of uh, things that are going on, um, that it's just it's just part of being a human being to have some of that wiring have to, you know, have a chronic situation. Sure. Uh, well, that comment that you said I made came out of um, a longer conversation about it's very typical in families that carry mental illness for all of them, to, all of the people, which my siblings and our parents also are all artists mm -hmm. of one kind or another. And the ones who do not have the mental illness are usually wildly successful with their art. And that's why I said I was the sacrificial lamb. Yeah, but it is—it's an amazing thing. Like you said, we're, we're really at the early stages of understanding how the mind works, how the brain works. I had Temple Grandin in here not too long ago, mm. uh, and the work and what has happened over her life with autism has been amazing and she actually said to me and I'll never forget this I would not trade you know everything that I went to because of the benefits that I get and that's why I was also curious about uh, the fact that art and creativity is caught up in some of these same places, mm -hmm. it seems to me. I think it's true. Um, I think I'm fascinated by how Kaylin has been able to um, articulate what happened because when you have a a thought disorder, it's like your brain is becomes fractured. Yeah, it's and it becomes abstract. The work that he has put in, literally, consciously, to reconstruct his mind is amazing. How does that work? To be able to articulate it is a is a difficult thing because the a lot of the times the thoughts don't make any sense apparently, um, and uh, you know I find that communicating is one of the biggest stumbling blocks, um, and you know I mean it's it's from going from thought to language is sometimes more difficult than people generally uh, uh, generally you know uh, can conceive of um, there's a lot of uh, trip lines in my own brain I know that but um, I would imagine because it's like having another language if you're thinking yeah. differently 
than those around you. It's like thinking in a different language. So you're constantly translating to, and also speaking about a universe that other people have never been to. Yeah. How do you explain sure. something? You know, how would you explain color to a blind person? Mm -hmm. It's a very difficult thing. So to get people to slow down enough to try to stop comparing it to things in their own life. Right. That, that's why we're, we also are so, you know, we really are fighting against uh, stigmatizing uh, because, I mean, Kayla and I are very aware well of it, that when you're stigmatized, you self-stigmatize. Sure. And you start that statement yeah, that you Yeah, uh, simple, simple negativity is uh, a real killer, you know. Because you're struggling so much on a on a daily basis. Yeah, and, and I think simplifying, again, is, is very helpful. Um, you know, uh, you can conceptualize all you want. I used to have all these concepts of how the world is and how the world works and how I work, and um, I would concentrate on those those ideas so intensely that they would just disintegrate, and then I'd be left in sort of space, um, for lack of a better description. Um, but yeah, it's it's there's a lot of of uh, effort, you know, I put a lot of effort into um, into not, um, uh, you know, focusing on myself. Mm -hmm. I think there's a lot of value in, um, in, in not uh, in, focusing in, on yourself, right? Into letting in different perspectives, you know, because you can only go so far into into um, your inner self, uh, and there, I think you can find a lot of truth, but. You know, it, it's always the outside world that's that's looking you in the face. You know, sure. So. Well, Kalen works in oil paint, and he has. I'm saying this because I know you wouldn't. He has an amazing series of faces that are so powerful that. So that's what yeah. he is. Art something that came to you as a young person too. It's always yeah. been there for you. Yeah, it has. It's always been like a. a I mean, this this sounds a little cliche, but it has been a passion. Mm-hmm. But see, here's always the interesting thing. We're talking about the brain. As much as I love art, there's no way I could do it. I've tried so many times. But that is a language that I just don't understand. I don't get how you get to that place. So that's kind of the, the, the thing that we're talking about. We each get things that come to us easily, and then we all have things that we have to struggle with. Um, yeah. The, the stigmatizing goes from, I think, there's for some reason we decided something that normal or average was somehow interesting or good or better than being interesting. And that's the thing that I wish that we could get away with, especially when it comes to our kids, is stop worrying about mm -hmm. fitting into one thing, you know, right. one thing or the other. Or what you think someone should fit into. Right. Um, I think is, as far as mental illness is concerned, uh, you know, a lot of people think that you are you are what your illness is. And mm -hmm. that's just not true. You have a chronic illness, just like somebody who might have, you know, diabetes or something. But you are not that illness. You are the, a separate person. And I think stigmatizing can come because they think that that's who you are. And then uh, those those prejudicial ideas are created by a lot of things that still exist in our society and that's you know that's what we're we're fighting against i mean fatal attraction sure, <laughs> that, that my character played into every single fear 
about what people think people with mental illness is like. And the real difference is, of course, that was a really well-done movie. Think of how many really bad movies mm-hmm. that we have <laughs> that uh, run into that. Um, but I also think a big part of it is fear, mm-hmm. that if I point out I'm okay, you know, whatever it happens to be, that's over there so mm-hmm. I can mm-hmm. uh, feel better about it. Um Jesse, for you to know what you dealt with and all, what did it feel like when you found out that Kalen was dealing with something similar? I mean, that... I was devastated. Yeah. I remember that. Devastated. You do remember? I remember being um, told that I was most likely bipolar and my mom's reaction. And, of course, I didn't know it was to come, and she did. And she, you know felt it pretty felt pretty heavy yeah yeah i remember asking my parents if you know are you sure these doctors are right are you sure he has a, a thought disorder which is you know the schizophrenia part mm-hmm. and uh, my mom said yes and i just cried and cried and cried it was just devastating Probably more devastating than if I had a lot of knowledge about what that meant mm-hmm. and had faith that I would see Kaylin again someday, that th- this child of mine had turned into someone who just wasn't Kaylin, you know? Yeah, um, <clears throat> yeah but I, he did come I, back. I did um, definitely go over the edge. Um, I think there were certain things that I put into my body. There were drugs mm-hmm. into my body that um, that sort of uh, uh, you know facilitated that 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 fall over the cliff, you know. But um, yeah, I mean, it's been it's been such. Uh, I said, you know, I think of it like, you know, when you start your downward spiral, when you when you know. It, it doesn't take that long, uh, relatively, but when you're climbing back out of that that hell and that darkness, um, you know you can't. You have to pay attention to everything. You know you, you can't just sort of you know skate, you know skate by. Sure. You, know, you really have to be diligent about um, about small details. Um, you have to to really. Um, know your mind. You have to get to know your mind. And you're working those details every day to yeah. for maintenance purposes. So it's almost like you you have to do these things consciously on a daily basis to keep yourself where you are. Keep myself sane. Yeah. 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 Um, definitely. The will that it takes to do that is what's always amazing. When you say to yourself, I'm going to work harder than what's expected to me, uh, of yeah. me, so that I can be at that place, that's the amazing thing. And that's what we talk about, uh, that you can feel great about human beings that you can look over mm-hmm. and say, because let's, let's just imagine this was 30, 40, 50 years ago. Mm-hmm. We, yeah, we write, yeah, we write it off. We don't, mm-hmm. and look oh, where we I, are. I remember there was this wonderful old man who's passed now, and he was in my first AA group. Mm -hmm. And 
I was going through with Kalen being in the hospital, and he shared with me that he had had a brother in the 20s mm-hmm. who was diagnosed with schizophrenia, and he was given a lobotomy, and for the rest of his life, he sat in the corner and smoked cigarettes, and he, of course, died of lung cancer. But, you know, we have come a long way. Yeah. And people who don't believe in medication um i would like them to take a second look because a lot of this research that that does come up with newer medications and better medications um you know there's a a passion there Mm -hmm. with the scientists who want to you know come up with a better medication and yes there's big pharma and everything yeah but um I remember Kalen wanted to try um, naturopathic. Yeah, this was early on. Medication mm-hmm. and that d- it just didn't work, you know. And and it's it's mental illness has been with us for since probably the dawning of man. Sure, you know. So we as have, all the illness as all illness has been here. Yeah, um, but I do. I love the fact that you're bringing up that science is working. And yeah, we do give pharmaceutical companies a lot of shit for a lot of different things. Mm-hmm. But there is some fantastic work being done. And again, it takes this thing that you guys are doing, where you have to work with those doctors mm-hmm. and you have to be open to know exactly what's happening. Back, it's very. very very difficult work yeah just to keep it's also part of i mean you know people like like kaylin and jesse can have full and productive lives but they also have been very proactive and and they work with their doctors sometimes you know you learn what times of year might be you might be more at risk and Mm -hmm. if you need to make a little adjustment you make an adjustment it's um you know it's, it's just how to keep you in a place where you're a productive Mm-hmm. I find that fascinating. What times of years? What is there a time of the year that's tougher to deal with? Is it... Not for me. I'm not really what they call. Um, what do they call that? It's more of a mood. It's a uh, seasonal depression. Uh-huh. Yeah, is spring when you all of a sudden have a lot of light can trigger mania. Um, that happened to me in just this past uh, March. It was almost too early for a ton of light. But sure. I got in, I started to get, you know, and I called my doctor right away. I mean, you have to... Be aware of your... Yeah, be aware. Um, the fall is a, is a time when depression can set in because, like, you know, the world is sliding down sure. towards darkness and cold. And, and it's funny the way a lot of us will gain weight or lose weight. You know, we are tied in with that. But is it tougher to catch the mania because it's a better feeling than the depression? Is it tough when... Actually, you know, I don't really... Uh, when I started getting manic, it felt really uncomfortable. Mm. I don't really like that feeling anymore because I, I, I am productive without that feeling now great and it's just like this um is it is like this pressure inside um i can relate to that mm-hmm. i can, you can relate to that yeah. yeah yeah and then you know i'll start and i have a friend karen who um 
she she actually picked up on it. She's bipolar also, and she said, Jess, have you made any decisions recently that you haven't really thought through? And I said, well, I do have a friend who was going to give me a horse. <laughs> she said, you might want to look at that again. <laughs> and you might want to call your doctor. <laughs> <laughs> that is amazing. But that is that's the perfect thing that now you can catch those type of things yeah. where early on you're just like, Great, oh. I'm going to have a bunch of horses now. Oh, how many houses? How many husbands? <laughs> yeah, all the husbands, yeah. houses, just lining them all up. Husbands, houses and cars. Yeah. <laughs> I went through five husbands. I don't know how many houses. How many cars? Oh gosh, I lost count. <laughs> what was that that kind of you found out? Oh yeah, I found out uh, I found out about balloon payments <laughs> where you can drive the brand new car off the lot and it's not you, you know you don't have to pay yeah. for it for five years <laughs> Got it. I bet the salesman loved seeing you come oh, in. Oh, they you're... did. They yeah. loved me. <laughs> that was free money. But that's great. So every one of those felt like a great idea. Uh, every single idea feels like love, feels like a great purchase. Yeah. And it takes this education to try to figure out how it's all going through. The problem with the houses, though, is that you know, I would get them all clean and fixed up and everything for a sale. Mm-hmm. And um, and then I'd change my mind because the house would look so, so great. So <laughs> Didn't you once buy a house that had no bathroom or no showers? Yeah. She bought a house that had no bathroom. She thought it was fabulous. I said, Jesse, where are you watching? She said, we, are, we and the kids, we go to, where did you go? We went three houses down. Three houses down. Did you haul a pail of water to brush your teeth? No, it had a toilet and a sink. Just no shower. Oh, okay. <laughs> um, bring change to mind. Bring change to mind. And I, I also want to point out to people, we're laughing about this because we're on the upside of it. And that's yeah. where you can get in any type of recovery that when you start to get a handle back on it, it, it feels fun. It feels great to go back over some of those stories and know that you're not there anymore. Yeah. Um, I thank you guys so much thank for stopping you. by today. It was uh, amazing to hear this stuff. Uh, Kaylin, congratulations to you too, brother. It's hey, great to you. hear you. uh, that you're doing the art and um, mm-hmm. maybe someday just come by here and we'll talk about art one day if cool. you ever want to Stop back in. I'd love to have you. Right on. Um, Thanks. Bring change to mind, and uh, you'll see the great work that these folks are doing. Thanks so much. It's great Thank to you. see you again. Thank, Thank you very you. much. It's the Ron and Fez show. 
uh, Glenn Close, Jesse Close, and Kalen Pick. Uh, it was very interesting. Afterwards, I was just talking to uh, Jesse Close, and she used to run this um, pirate radio station in L.A. called K-Pot back in the kind of Troubadour Cafe days. That's it's awesome. People have just the wildest lives. That's ridiculously cool. And the weird thing is, I think when she was doing that, Glenn was doing up with people, um, which you wouldn't remember, but of course, Blowhard would. It was this white pants, happy singing group of like Christians that were almost like little Nixon people. Wow. It's, I'm looking at the album cover. Yeah. They used to perform at Super Bowls and stuff. Wow. And they were like good kids. That was the point of that. With a good message? Yeah, good kids, good message. <laughs> so now why this has happened, this other thing might happen, huh? Yeah, not confirmed, but I'm hearing good things. I'm going to change this to Ronnie B meets the stars. Chris Stanley. Um, just dominating the boards. Dominating the boards. I'm telling you, I've, I've it's my games like Rasheed Wallace's. Smoke a lot of weed, get all of them. I don't think that you have a game that you don't pick down 13, 14 ribbies every single game. It's nice. And then some of that trash uh, shots that you do, you know, taking it right back up. Easy deuce. Look, oh, if it's there, <laughs> I'm going to take it. Yeah. Here comes the garbage, man. <laughs> he's taking the garbage out and he's putting the garbage in. I got you. Watley's on his fucking game. You see that happening. Oh, yeah. Because people want to know that you're here. Why don't you do one of your things? Well, this weekend, go to theinterabang.com Saturday, starting 3 p.m. in the East, noon Pacific, live concert event, live streaming there on the iBang, the Black Keys, 30 Seconds to Mars, Vampire Weekend, all performing, and that's going to be live streaming on the iBang. Spend your Saturday with theinterabang.com. Now, I had heard Black Crows were on that. It's Black Keys. Black Keys. No Black Crows. I'm not seeing it on the lineup. I heard it. The, I heard it the exact opposite. You got Vampire Weekend. Yeah. Black Keys is enough. Yeah. All right. Well, make sure you go over there over the weekend. It's probably how I'm going to. I got a lot of work to do because we got a couple of unmasked and. Uh, <laughs> Hopefully. Not Sam, but. Don't. Tap, 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 Hear tap, that? Tap. Hear the star that this is? <laughs> um, right, bringchangetomind.org. Right, I'm going to jump into a bunch of stuff. Uh, we definitely are going to be talking some sports in a little bit. Um, but the piece that you refused to do yesterday, the cover songs, and Fez refused to do... Got done by Foggy Otis. It's up on the iBank today. Covers that you thought were originals. No. Is there ever one in your mind that you're like that? Um, Mad Mad World. That song from Donnie Darko. Oh, Gary good Jules. call. I thought that was like, oh my god. This wait, Tears for Fears did it first, and didn't have a hit with it. Yeah. And then when he did it, it was massive. Huge. It's, 
in so many commercials. It's in every other commercial, video game commercials, anything, other movies. And it's one of those 60 million YouTubes. Like, when you go to it, like, people, you got to figure out that depressed and weird people go to it constantly. Oh, yeah. I'm feeling bad about myself. Um, you know what? One of the ones for me was always The Stones' Time Is On My Side. I'd heard that song for a long time before I found out it was a cover. But I grew up hearing a lot of blues songs. That I'm like, wait, Almond Brothers didn't write that, Clapton didn't write that, Stones didn't write that, Aerosmith didn't write that. But here's the thing, they don't have that great guitar fucking like into the beginning. And that kind of makes the song. Made their own. We're the ones that Foggy Otis put up on the iBank today. Foggy uh, has, um, I write the songs, Barry Manilow. That's a great one because he sings a song called I Write the Songs and then he didn't. Or what else? Uh, don't Know Why. Uh, Nora Jones. No, I'm just finding that out for the first time. Yeah, Jesse Harris was the originator of this. This song, when this song got big uh, by Nora Jones, I swear to God, I didn't go into a restaurant for two years without hearing it. It would always be playing in fucking restaurants. It would start to drive me nuts. Everyone knows this song. It's one of those Sunday morning songs, and it got massive Grammys. Uh, I thought it was hers until this second. All right, let me hear the original. Here's Jesse Harris's version. I waited till I saw the sun. Yeah, fucking just keep sending thank you cards. He sings like Chris Stanley. He says, rip me off. <laughs> All right, let's hear the next one. That's a great one. I thought for sure that was hers. <clears throat> uh, without you, uh, Harry Nelson. Oh, yeah, yeah. It was a bad finger first? Mm-hmm. It's a bad fingers version. It actually probably sounds pretty similar. See, that sounds like a song, but when he does it, it sounds like church. Now, the weird thing is, this guy from Badfinger sounds like a bad singer, and he's not. But he's just not Harry Nelson. All right, Fagiotis knocking one out. Let's hear another one. All right, next he's got um, Everybody's Talking. Harry Nelson. Oh, I knew that was a cover, but I didn't know by who. Fred Neal's version. Right, let me hear it, because I've never heard this. Well, I, knew it, well, I didn't know it was a cover, but I know that Harry Nelson didn't write it. Everybody's talking at me. Much more country. I don't hear words they're saying. Isn't it weird now? You're like, ugh. Right, what's the next one? Uh, Jersey Girl. By Bruce. Well, we know that. I actually prefer the Tom Waits version. Except for, you know, I know that he's from Jersey and everybody claps for for Bruce. Yeah. So I don't mind it. Clap for Tom. Tom doesn't even always do this anymore. Love it. So good.
Maybe what hurts him is it takes him so long to kick it in. Bruce knows Don Boris gets the call. That's my Chris. Perfect timing. Yeah. Down in the street, making all that noise. All right, I knew that one. All right, what else you got? A uh, Hard Son by Eddie Vedder, originally by Gordon Peterson. All right, that's the one that he did in the movie, right? Uh, yeah, into, into the wild, it's the Into the Wild song. All right, I don't think I thought that that was an Eddie Vedder original. All right, let me hear the. Here's the original. When I walk beside her, I am a better man. When I look to leave her, I always stagger back again. It sounds like an Eddie Vedder song. Sung by someone else. That's got to kill you. You're like, what, really? You didn't like my version at all? Nope. Uh, what do we got next? Girls just want to have fun. I did not know this was a cover. I think from a guy from Philly, right? Robert Hazard? Yeah, Robert F Hazard's from Philly. I think I did know this one. Yeah, I did know. But I guarantee you, most people wouldn't know that. No clue. You just you like pop better than punk, huh? Alright, we got a spy report in the middle of all this. Spy report. Spy report. Spy report. This is from uh, George uh, from Rolling Stone. Spy report. Spy report. George Michael has been airlifted to a hospital after a car crash in England. George Michael of Wham. Spy report. Spy report. And now of just different types of addictions for the past. 20 years. Spy report. Always found in a men's room in some fucking park over there. Like gay escapades. Uh, bad car crash. Uh, airlifted to the hospital. Um, all right, what else you got? Please don't let me be misunderstood. Animals. Who did it first? Tina Simone. She wrote it? It was originally written for and performed by Nina Simone. Written for or written by? Written for. All right, let me hear her version. I didn't know this either, because it sounds so much like an animal song. Baby, you understand me now. Very different. If sometimes you see that I'm mad. Don't you know no one alive can always be an Kind of digging it. Fuck the animals. Wrong, you see some bad. But I'm just a soul whose intentions are good. Oh Lord, please don't let me be misunderstood. Oh, heartbreaker. It's such a weird thing because you're so used to the animals. Should I make this announcement? No. 
Not yet. I want to. Don't, 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 don't. I no. want to make this real, Chris. It's not locked in yet. Not yet. Uh, look who it is. Haven't heard from in forever. It's our good buddy, uh, Ken Shane. How you doing, Ken? Hey, Ron. How you doing? Hi, Chris. Yeah. Um, you know, the one that I wrote about in my column that got the most comment was the Moody Blues hit, Go Now, which wasn't originally theirs. And it was one I always thought was theirs. And, and I myself only found out, you know, later, much later, that it, that it was originally recorded by Bessie Banks, but only about six months earlier than the Moody Blues version. I thought that that was a Moody Blues original till this second. It's one of my favorite songs of all time. One of my favorite songs from the 60s, that's for sure. Mine too, absolutely. Denny Lane and you kind of wish in a way that the Moody Blues continued down that R&D yeah, track. Yeah, absolutely. Then, and Denny left the group and they went to, you know, whatever they ended up doing, which was, you know, there was some good stuff, but uh, that, that original R&B stuff they did was great. All right, good one, Ken. Appreciate it, pal. All right, man. Be well. Peace. See you. We've already said goodbye. That's like real girl group stuff there. Go now, go, go now, now, go now. Oh, you see me cry. And I don't want you to tell me. This is all up on the iBank today. Our buddy Fagiotis put this together. Uh, picked up the ball to Chris and Fez dropped. Oh, come on. I'm sorry, you did it then? No, I did not. Okay, then what did I say wrong? <laughs> Matt, you're on the Run and Fez show. Hey, hey Matt. Hey, hey, you brought up the Stones earlier. It reminded me that uh, I, I went my whole young life thinking that Dead Flowers was uh, their song and... Uh, Later found out it was a great uh, Towns Van Zandt. No, just the opposite. Towns covered them. Not wrong. Chris, look it up while we're both sitting here. I think Towns covered the Stones. Stones didn't cover Towns. Dead Flowers is a song written by Mick Jagger and Keith Richards of the Rock and the Rolling Stones. There you go, Matt. Damn it. Well, I was right when I was a kid. Yeah, that's the Matt I wish I fucking met, man. That's the guy I knew I would have gotten along with. Not this confused, Matt. This Matt's probably pissed drunk at 12.56 p.m. Yeah, so was Matt as a kid. That's not the point. Uh, Matt, you're on the Run Fest show. Hey, Ronnie B. How about uh, the Beatles? Twist and Shout is... Uh, everybody knows. Isley Brothers, right? By the Isley Brothers, yeah. yeah. Everybody knows that. The Beatles did a lot of covers in the early... Uh, First couple albums, so did the Stones. 
See, this is why I need Ken Shane in here. He see, Ken Shane's like an encyclopedia. Yeah. When it comes to this stuff. He's a music robot. He's like a jukebox. Mm. A jukebox, you actually put a quarter in and they sing songs to you. Just like Ken Shane. Damien, you're on the Run of Fez show. Hey, million bucks boys. Yeah. Hey, um, I wanted to shout out, you were talking about the Black Crows earlier, Hard to Handle, originally done by Come Otis Redding. Come on, dude, I'm not going to even have these conversations. If I live in a world where people don't know Otis Redding, then I don't want to live in this world anymore. Chris, yeah. get the fucking big knife and cut my throat. No, we're not getting the big knife. I got to move on from this conversation. It's too fucking painful. Uh, let me see what else is going on the uh, iBang today. Oh, we're doing the Weekender, and that gets into a piece that we were actually talking about yesterday, uh, Star Trek or Star Wars. I understand we only have a few of the Pepper Keats shirts yet left yesterday. Yeah. There's, there's... I asked for one, and Pepper turned me down. Yeah, that's these things are scarce. Because I love the gray on that. I wanted to take it to a place I know, and you could scrape off the stupid Pepperkeet logo. Well, you didn't tell me that, and yeah, you could have one. <laughs> no, as long as I do that. Yeah. As long as you don't see me walking around <laughs> the fucking office oh, come on. with a picture of you. <laughs> Weekender, Star Trek versus Star Wars. Star versus Star. That was an easy one for me. I picked Star Trek. I specifically pick... Star Trek Next Generation. Well, that's got to count into all the Star Treks. You have to give them all their due. There's... Now, did I ever tell you, I think it was the third Star Trek, the one that the woman was the captain of? The other TV show or the movies? The TV show. Oh, Voy Star Trek Voyager. I was out in L.A. and on that lot, I guess it was the Paramount lot, and I'm walking down the lot, and they were standing outside having a smoke on their shit. And there was like a fucking Vulcan just like, fucking crazy, we can't smoke inside. And it looked so fucking funny. It looked like in a movie where they do the back lot, yeah. that there would be a weird thing like that. So that one wasn't very popular, right? No, that was the last one, the, one of the last ones to be on TV. Um, it, and it, it died out. Well, then, didn't they also do another one with the guy that used to uh, leap? He was like... Uh, it, it did like an early version of the Enterprise, like an early version of the um, Federation. Oh, I didn't know that. It was like, like yeah, right after the Federation got made. It was like the Enterprise What was one. that guy's name? Uh, Bakula, Scott Bakula. Scott Bakula. Yeah, it was called Enterprise. Did you watch last night's Office? Yeah, I watched last night's Office. You weren't crazy about it? They, they, I, 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 I swore it off season three, and then you tell me about the damn sound guy, and it sucks me back into this, and I'm watching it, and I'm like, oh man, I guess I kind of like it, I don't know, and then I, I'm stick to the end, to the ser series, the series finale, and just crap fest. I wish I could say what I really think, but just, I annoyed. We're moving to Austin to run this thing. What all year it was Philly, now it's Austin. And she just suddenly just says, "I'm going to now now I now I allow you to, to work at that athlete or whatever the hell it's called." That's it. Now I now I allow you. And then when Michael Scott came back with gray hair, and completely a different character, he was just quiet and weird. Mm -hmm. And actually, like you know the phrase "jump the shark," right? Mm -hmm. 
where it comes from in Happy Days. Yeah. I felt like this show, this season, or maybe the last two seasons, actually jumped Fonzie as he's jumping the shark. <laughs> I think that they went, it's not enough just to jump the shark. You are now jumping Fonzie over the shark. Oh. And yet, I, like, for fun, I went over to Twitter, and people were just giving it raves. How, how can you be happy with that? They were happy. How can you be happy? The Dwight Whiting was throwaway stupid. Throwaway stupid. Why even have that happen? And to see that uh, Jim is just jerking off for Dwight's happiness, like, I just want to see Dwight happy all the time. We're best friends. It just all, it all got lost. The entire thing got lost in this last season. They, they, they no, it's been a few seasons. They've been really out there for a while. And just to start the, the, the camera guy, the, the sound guy thing... And, and have it end. It went nowhere. meant nothing. It was... It's not, if they would have taken a chance and just had something like actually happen instead of wrapping it up in the worst way possible. I ch People loved it, though. Where's Barca at? Barca just signed in. Because Barca wrote to me, and I kid you not that he cried. Out of anger? Uh, I'll go back and read it before he <laughs> got here. Next Friday, one week from today, people, it's Unmasked with special guest star Jeffrey Tambor from Arrested Development. Go to the iBang now. Try to reserve your spot in the audience here next Friday morning at SiriusXM Studios for Unmasked with Jeffrey Tambor. Nice. I can't wait for that. I think most people were probably watching Dr. Drew and whatever, Jenny. Well, they want to get their HLN in. Sure. It's been the same show in there for fucking four months. It was just, and it's, it's finale was just so fakely sentimental. Yeah, it was um, fakely sentimental. God. Everything you're saying is right. I can't, I can't, and people just uh, popping for it. Unbelievable. Popping big. And you know what? No, I was pissed. Roy didn't show back up. <laughs> You know what? I thought I saw him with a beard doing the big team picture. Remember when they took the picture and the producer was in the middle of the picture? Yeah, great. We are all supposed to love that. I thought I saw Roy with a fucking beard and long hair, but maybe I'm wrong. <laughs> I got to take a look back at it then. Um, here's what Barker wrote to me. One man to another man. All right. And I felt like I was going to get a hatchet in the head here. Thought the office finale was good. Got teary-eyed half a dozen times but between the priest's show and the episode. Really went for the nostalgia. How their life and mine looked nine years ago. The and mine is in parentheses. Oh, oh Barka, what are you, what are you He's doing? He's effeminate. Why are you saying these emails out to people? He's the effeminate sports guy. I'm sure he cried when Ed Helms was like, you don't know when it's the good old days. Just wish you knew, or whatever the hell the quote was. Ugh. Somebody should write a song about that. <laughs> do, do, do. Opening weekend movie club, giving away the last of some of these shirts. Uh, is it up now, or is it coming later? It's up now. We've okay. got Star versus Star. Because it said here it was going to come up later, but... Um, <clears throat> It's going to be Star Trek versus Star Wars, and you have to give the the answer that Chris Stanley likes. Yeah. And Chris Stanley, uh, you've got to think in the back of your head, maybe, 
you know, have your mind changed. Joe in Utah, you're on the Run Fed Show. Bring it. Uh, hold on, i got to put down my Egg McMuffin. Starting. All right. Um, hey, uh, the reason why they had the wedding on the is there's going to be a spinoff show for Dwight Schrute, uh and his farm. He's going to be no, on the farm. No, that thing didn't. They actually shot this after they already knew that they weren't going to do Dwight and his farm because he was going to be with that other girl. And when they didn't pick up that pilot, uh, then they just had him marry Angela, which I got news for you. I don't really fucking feel like I care about Angela and Dwight. Um, no, there's nothing to care about there. Mike in Nebraska. Hey, guys, I just joined a few minutes ago, and you asked uh, how Fez was doing. Adam, come up on the mic. And is it possible that he got louder and gayer somehow? He's working on a couple things. He's working on, as he calls it, the old Fez voice. And that's why he wants to go pre-planned for a while. And, of course, he's coming out of the hospital stuff. But he's been doing some bang-up stuff off mic. I call it bang-bust stuff. Mm. And I say that to you because there's no way for you to prove it one way or another. Dave, you're on the Run of show. Dave in Tampa. Hey, Ronnie. Uh, don't beat me up too much over this, but uh, Van Halen's Girl, you really got me now. It was originally a kink song. Come on, dude. Well, Come well, on. Hear me out. It's the originally fucking... No, I'm not going to hear you out. I don't want to live in this fucking world. Seriously. I just want to watch it burn. Remember that? Uh-uh. Dark Knight Returns, I think. The second I didn't one? see it yet. Did somebody watch it burn? Joker, Keith Ledger. Uh, Allison in Florida, you're on the Run of Fez show. Uh, Allison? Yeah. Yeah, I I did saw um I saw Roy um on the office. He was in that group shot, you're right. Did he have he long hair fat. and a beard? Yeah, yeah, he was fat, he had a long beard, long hair. That's exactly what I saw. Oh no, I gotta watch the guy, I totally missed it. Allison, you're gonna get something out of our prize closet, okay? Thank you. No one's announcing, so I guess we'll figure it out. We gotta do a thing where we pick a couple of prizes and always have ready to go. But uh, go over there to Allison, get her address, and we'll send her something out of our prize closet. You won't get the hookup, Allison. <laughs> Where's Barka? He's coming up right now. The elevators are a mess. Why are the elevators a mess? Probably NBC. You're just making up stuff so that I'll feel like there's a reason for it? No, nothing. Here you are. I mean, I'm, What's I, your shirt all about? This is, um, buddy of mine made this, Freed One. Freed One is an outline of a uh, $100 bill, but the face is blacked out. It's cool. It's, look, it's numbered. 71 out of 100. Why is it Freed One? <sighs> Not sure. Because I, I thought it was Free Done. I, it might be free done. <laughs> I, I asked and I didn't get the most uh, solid answer. I was, is it free done or f or freed one? <laughs> and then we put in in corruption we trust. Yeah, that's a great shirt. Speaking out against uh, American government. Sure, you can get those at Russo.BigCartel.com. We got them. No, that was Kokomo Joe. Yeah, I just Great. saw his outline. I thought it looked like Barker, but Barker should be up here in a second. 
Well, we're going to need some um, cold ones for Barca. Should have some cold ones with him, actually. From where? Uh, oh, local Philly stuff? Yeah. The hoagie spot. Uh, John, you're on the run of Fez show. I always thought that uh, Michael Scott was too much of an idiot. I think that Ricky Gervais' character was, you know, you could you could at least relate them a little bit. But Michael Scott was just over the top an idiot. So that's where I really jumped the shot for me. Well, you know, here's the difference, and you have to go for this. Is I think Gervais did like twelve, and they did two hundred in this country. They, you could never, you know, like if you did 200 episodes of The Godfather, you would say, you know, this really blows. They've turned Clemenza into running his own daycare center. And it just seems ridiculous. Yeah, he did the 12 episodes and then waited like a year and a half or something and then did the hour long or two hour long Christmas special. And then just then brought him back a little while ago as a rap star or something. <laughs> oh, yeah, he's, he's magic a rap guy. Kind of hard to figure out on that. <laughs> Um, here's a piece that's up on the iBang. You want to buy a video of the Toronto mayor smoking crack? Yes. They're selling it for $100,000. I, I don't have that kind of cash. Maybe I'll start a Kickstarter. I want to buy the Toronto mayor's crack smoking video. Now, why is that? I mean, you've seen other people smoke crack, right? Yeah. So why do you want to see him, a guy that you didn't even know who he was? Just to see that a mayor is down with the pipe. <laughs> well, well, well. Jerry Barker. How long has it been, Jerry? Come on in. It's been a while. You hear your sports music playing, right? I... We always play your sports music as you come in. We're always thinking production. <laughs> There's the Fighting Irish uh, fight song. Hello. You've heard that so many times. Yes, I have. I the, have. And then you went like this. It's the finest sight that these eyes have ever seen. Uh, and I cried then, too. How did you know that I brought up that you were crying? How'd you hear it? I was listening a little bit, I, as much as I could buffer and play. Because oh, my man, around? Hard Rock Johnny, turned me on to the Music Doc app. Oh, is that the legal one or the illegal one? I assume it's legal. Mm, that's all you got to do. They say <laughs> in, in court... All you have to say is, I assumed it was. Now, you actually cried last night I, watching that show. I teared up. I didn't cry. I teared. Definitely had a lump in the throat at the end as it was all coming to a close. I thought it. I did think it was good. I didn't think it was great. I don't have high expectations for um, well, look, series finales. If I go by Twitter last night, they agreed with you. Where I was, I mean, just seeing Dwight fire people. And, you know, just out of nowhere, and Kevin opens a bar. Is it Cheers? Give me a break. And, you know, it was, yeah, it would be like suddenly like, oh, Chris Stanley now is an equipment manager for a basketball team. I mean, there was just, there's no rhyme or reason. I know it's just characters. And the fact that Michael Scott came back and he didn't try to take over, he was somehow a mature grandpa with everybody, it was very odd to the me. The gray hair was interesting. The one line I thought was also pretty interesting, just one line for him. Um, my kids have all grown up. I thought, did you watch the pre-show? Yeah. I thought it was surprising I, how seriously Jenna Fisher took uh, this. I mean, she was... 
She was getting choked up in that. I don't know if that's acting or not, no, but I she took it very seriously. Well, that's been her only real job of her adult life for nine years, and it turned her into a TV star. But see, here's what I didn't like about the pre-show. When people talk about themselves and put themselves over, it made me hate them. Hmm. You know what I mean? Like, Jim would be like this. Jim is probably the greatest character ever written. Somebody else should say that, not Jim. America really cared about Jim and Pam. <laughs> Jim and Pam shouldn't be saying that. Well, In my opinion, this was the great American romance. Yeah. <laughs> The the best part of that though was the audition. I thought the audition tapes. I like that. That too. was pretty awesome. But you know what? I would have rather seen people that didn't get it because Paul Rudd was up for that oh, fucking really? role. Uh, Adam Scott was up for that role. Uh, I would have loved to seen those guys playing that part. I think it was, and then you were kind of. I felt force fed B J Novak and Mindy Kaling. And they're talented yeah, and good. It just went nowhere. And then they gave a baby up. And the baby... Yeah. By the way, I will say this. Cutest fucking baby <laughs> since Sweet Pea in the Popeye movie. That baby was fucking hysterical. Was just laughing and had a crooked grin. It's not easy for babies to act. I was waiting for the Robert California. No, I'm, I, I Robert wasn't. California I didn't like show it. up. Yeah. I was a fan. Oh, but I think they want to bury that. They know that that was their kind of their low spot. Well, you couldn't. The show didn't work without Michael Scott. Correct. Nobody was going to be able to come in there. Yeah, they didn't know what they were doing. No, they didn't know what the fuck was happening. The showrunner who you, who started the show was went away for a bunch of years, decided to come back, and then set basically set fire to the set. Um. But oh no, I don't know how it'll do ratings wise. But I know the people on Twitter felt like you. They were really moved. Uh, we've got a lot to get to sports-wise today with you. The Jets just had a big arrest. The running back, right? Yeah, the running back got arrested. Triple threat. Um, I think it was drunk, pot, and I believe a weapon. And he said something. Loaded handgun and possession of a hollow point bullet. Good. <laughs> Cop killer. He's ready to buy <laughs> That's nice. in case the cop that he shoots is wearing a vest. And the guy driving had a prior felony conviction, Oh, too. good, good. Yeah. Let's go, Jets go. He's getting the same charges as the running back plus a Dewey. Unbelievable that the Jets are news. I mean, yesterday, I think SportsCenter had the uh, the Geno Smith, Mark Sanchez, because Garrard had left. And this was mm. the NFL news they had. This team is bad. And who's ever going to be their quarterback next year? They're going to be bad. It, it, you know, it's like you don't hear anything about, you know, Rondé Barber left the Bucks and was probably pushed out. That gets like a gone. Right. Done. Get out of here. But we need Geno Smith and, and headband Mark Sanchez. You felt like Rondé was pushed out? Ah, I, he said so. He said as much. He wasn't oh, going to come back as a. Yeah, he, he uh, was not going to come back in a reduced role. That just wasn't his way. So he was. Uh, Pushed off. I love it. I love that he said it. Um, I guess we can't say the guest that I turned down, right? No. I'll just say one of the famous Jets slash Giants. Oh, Jets slash Dave Jennings. The uh, I'm not allowed to say. I'm not allowed to say oh, because when I turn somebody down, but let's say that it had a very big arrest record uh, and. Actually was incarcerated, but wanted to come in and talk about stockings. 
like some fucking commercial. I'm saying no, I'm not going to do it. Couldn't talk about anything but just the stuff. Yeah, the socks. Yeah. I want we break now that we got Jerry Barker here because we've got a ton of stuff to get to. Huge basketball stuff. Mm-hmm. Uh, Hicks, you put up the story I think is so interesting uh, where Phil Jackson compared Kobe and Michael. Yeah. The J.R. Smith story about being um, hungover. And I think CBS put out only four elite quarterbacks that they claim is the only only four quarterbacks playing today that they would consider elite. Did not have Mark Sanchez on the list, and I want to debate that, and I'll tell you why. Because I honestly believe he belongs at the top there. Really? They like did a reverse lifeboat there, because immediately you know someone in your head immediately knows five, and they cut somebody off. They owe this show something for doing that. I didn't think reverse. Who do you think they cut off? I think they got to cut off Drew Brees. Breezy, right? Drew Brees is in there. Hmm. Mm-hmm. You pick mm-hmm. him right now while we sit, mm-hmm. and we'll come mm-hmm. back. And They didn't take... Oh, all right. I can move. Just, I'll wait. I'll wait. Who would you pick as the four elite uh, quarterbacks? Name them right now. Peyton. Brady. Hold on. Still with Peyton? Still. Okay. I guess they're taking them off, huh? I guess that's the... No, go ahead. Peyton, Brady, Rogers, Breeze. Hmm. Maybe I have stumped myself. Yeah, there's only four. Hmm. Not dang Russell Wilson or RG3 or Andrew Luck. You agree with hmm. them. Hmm. I can't believe you as a New Yorker aren't trying to fucking force feed <gasps> Eli in there oh, that's again. That's right, Eli Manning. <laughs> he's got two. Okay, he's got two. All right? He should be. He's an elite. He's an elite quarterback. He's not an elite. He's not. He's not better than those four. But he's an elite, no Let doubt. Let me tell you. Do you ever think to yourself, "Oh shit, we're playing Eli, or this game isn't over because Eli's in it"? I think I so. Never do. I, I, I think here's what Eli Manning did. I, I point back to that first Super Bowl season when his own GM was calling him skittish, you know, which was basically yeah. emasculating him yeah, to the media. Yeah, I don't think media. it was changed yet. But he against the Cowboys, against the Cowboys in that playoff run, he had such a manly drive to end that half to put points on the board for the Giants. And then he goes in Green Bay and beats Favre, and then all that's true. But career-wise, is he consistent as his other four guys? No, thank you. No, no, he's, he's not, not an elite. He's very good, at times great, at times horrible. But he's not elite. He's he's, not consistent enough to be elite. I mean, I think what sticks in people's minds is that Minnesota game before he won a Super Bowl where he threw like six touchdown passes to the Vikings. I think what sticks in people's minds is that we've watched him enough and there's some games that he doesn't show up for. Well, last season, I think there was a stretch in the middle of the season, he didn't throw a touchdown for like four or five games or something. something And do you ever look at, let's say, Drew Brees and say, it doesn't seem like he wants to play today. He always wants to play. You know the guys that want to play more than anything else. And that fucking passion... You can't, you can't fight. Uh, let's break. We'll come back and pick this up. A lot of sports stuff. I'm sure you got things you want to talk about. Love that you changed your hairstyle. It looks great. Yeah, thanks. Good. Thank you. Uh, I like you to take Chris Stanley, same barber. Nice, nice. And you brought some food from where? Uh, from Dave's Hoagies. How come you uh, are bringing food today? Bad news. No, I hadn't. I actually haven't brought food in a while. And we I haven't said, seen you in a while. I know, but even the past couple times I've been by, I hadn't brought food, and I said, "Hey," I think and I heard that Hard Rock Johnny brings lunch, and I want to, you know, okay, you know, I you, love that guy. Yeah, I know. So I want to do what he does. 
right, we'll break. We'll back and pick up a bunch more sports talk, including NBA playoffs. Ron Fez Show. You're enjoying the Ron and Fez Show on Sirius XM's OB and Anthony channel. More in moments. It's the dish from Hopper. What you want to do is go to Dish, make sure you sign up for the Hopper. It's the world's greatest DVR. Other DVRs from the cable companies are going to let you down. With the Hopper from Dish, what you can do is now, you watch television everywhere. On your laptop, your smartphone, your tablet, wherever you go, it has all your program television, live and pre-recorded, that you can watch anywhere. Live sporting events. If you're recording your Spanish soap operas or your fashion designer reality shows, you can watch those anywhere now because the Hopper is going to be your pal and it's going to follow you everywhere as long as you have it on your smartphone, laptop, or tablet. That's from Dish Network. Give them a call and turn any room you're in into a TV room. Give them a call now at 1-800-WATCH-TV. That's 1-800-WATCH-TV. Call them today and get yourself a hopper from Dish Network. You're not going to forget the name. It's the hopper. That's 1-800-WATCH-TV from Dish.
Oh, it's Ron and Fez show. Artist of the day. Ike and Tina Turner. I'm doing it hard. Tina doesn't even live in the country anymore. Europe? Yeah, she actually is a citizen of one of the strange places. Uh, and according to her, she goes, she still don't believe Ike's dead. She's going to stay over there because she's 100% sure. So that she knows that body stays down. I'm looking at a book here, an advanced reading copy of Unbeatable. Notre Dame's 1988 championship and the last great college football season written by our own Jerry Barca. Lou Holtz praises this book. Wow. That's big. I'm just going to read a little bit of chapter one, unflinching. Me like Notre Dame, me think good. Me like them, them good, them good football. Do you like the stick figure drawing? Yeah, it's exciting. I'm serious pros. Uh, chapter three. Me don't like Miami. <laughs> uh, you got to be excited to have a book them. Yeah, it's very exciting. It's pretty pretty cool um, to write a legit book. I was thinking about. It. I was 11 years old and adored that team. As a kid, but to write a legit book about Did you try them. to write it when you were 11? No. I, I This wasn't even on the radar. This was a, I was having a conversation with somebody. I said, hey, nobody's done that. No one's written a book about that season? No one. Yeah, a retrospective. And, and you said it yourself. It's The best time to get to these guys is years after they're out Always. of the game. Because they can be honest in places and tell the stories. And, and they've had a chance to think about it. Most of the time, people don't think about things when they're happening. Well, the same thing... You know, is uh, I forget certain guys that we've caught up like when their career, like they just done three movies in a row that are just great. And you're like, hey, how long do you think this will last? And they're like, what'll last? I'm just living my life. <laughs> I guess forever. But it's always good after people went, you know what? The 80s were good for me. I never noticed that, but way better than the 90s. <laughs> Those people then suddenly have some stories. Uh, so when's this due out? August 13th. Uh, it is available on pre-order at barnesandnoble.com or amazon.com. Well, I'm going to pre-order one. Yeah, August 13th uh, it comes out and should be pretty exciting. But yeah, so it was a, a, an opportunity to get back there and, and, and you know take a deeper look at this place called Notre Dame, that this is a sporting dynasty in the country. But this is the last time they won it. It's 25 years ago. And what did it take for them to win? What were the, the sort of chemical elements that had that team uh, win the national championship, where others, and Holtz even has said he had more talented teams at Notre Dame that didn't win the national title. Talent's just one part of it. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Uh, tell us what uh, was said about Kobe and Michael by Phil Jackson today. Yeah, this is out of, he compared the two? Yeah, he talked He talked about them, and yeah, compared them. Um, this is from the, his book, Eleven Rings. Uh, Michael was more likely to break through his attackers with power and strength, while Kobe often tries to finesse his way through mass pileups. Michael was stronger with bigger shoulders and a sturdier frame. 
He also had large hands, allowing him to control the ball better and make subtle fakes. Jordan was also more naturally inclined to let the game come to him and not overplay his hand, whereas Kobe tends to force the action, especially when the game isn't going his way. When his shot is off, Kobe will pound away relentlessly until his luck turns. Michael, on the other hand, would shift his attention to defense or passing or setting screens to help the team win the game. So, better offensive player, better teammate, better leader. Yeah. And the other guy's a bitch. And that's kind of what he's saying. If I was Kobe, I'd, I'd have my feelings hurt. Not that you want to be compared to Michael favorably, because they're not going to do that at this point in time. Uh, it's more, uh, I'm just on playing defense. No question, Michael was a tougher, more intimidating defender. He could break through virtually any screen and shut down almost any player with his intense, laser-focused style of defense. Kobe has learned a lot from studying Michael's tricks, and we often used him as our secret weapon on defense when we need to turn the direction of a game. In general... Kobe tends to rely more heavily on his flexibility and craftiness, but he takes a lot of gambles on defense and sometimes pays the price. Does Kobe win on anything? Handwriting? No. Nothing. Why do you hear on leadership? <laughs> Already know leadership. Kobe is uh, exactly what Jerry was saying about him. He's just like kind of a prima donna and a bitch. Yeah. Oh, at the end, he. he uh, Jackson praises him for eventually learning to be able to take out other players to dinner and talk with them. (laughs) (laughs) But then Kobe started to shift. He embraced the team and his teammates, calling them up when we were on the road and inviting them out to dinner. It It was as if the other players were now his partners, not his personal spear carriers. Ouch. Good job, Doing Kobe. Zulu bit. Yeah, you've, you've, def- you've become a person. That's really great. There's some seven-footer who would disagree with you right now. <laughs> <laughs> who's still sobbing himself to sleep at night because Kobe told him to move his fat ass. Well, how's the ass taste now, Kobe? Well, I'm not even talking about him. I'm talking about their current seven-footer. Oh. <laughs> um, hey, look who it is, Hard Rock Johnny. I can't wait to read a whole book about Notre Dame football. That's got to be so exciting. Why are you fucking being a prick to him? Come on. No, I'm serious. I would. I actually, just because I like Jerry so much, I'll read it. As much as it would pain me, I will read it. Why would it pain you? Because I can't stand Notre Dame. You know that. But, you know, I like Jerry. We Why? Because our... you hate Catholics? Yeah, you know, it's a long-stem tradition of my, my family. We all We're self-loathing Catholics, and we... Uh, but, but, you know, Jerry and I have our Twitter romance, so we, I, I'll definitely have to buy the book and then read it. And then hopefully get it autographed. Well, I definitely want it autographed. Absolutely. Absolutely. Did you just sign it, shit, fuck, fart? <laughs> Whatever you want it signed. <laughs> however you want it personalized. I would love it if that was a sign. Are you going to sign one for Fez? Definitely. Hmm. I do Made it uncomfortable. All right, Johnny. All right, boys. Congratulations, Jerry. Thank you. Congratulations to all of us. Yes. Yeah, everybody. Congratulations to the whole Ryan Fez crew and family and listening audience today. Oh, it's a win for all of us. Wow, thanks, everybody. Hmm. So you don't want me to read any of this for real out loud, right? This has to be. Because I'm going to put this up on the iBank. <laughs> the whole thing. Start yeah. scanning those pages. Yeah. I have a, Get I have it a up scanner as a PDF. on my phone. Um, Do you really? Yeah. It'll scan stuff and turn it into PDFs. Jeez, this is exciting. Oh, yeah. This is going to be great. Everyone's going to get it for free. No one's going to pay for it. <laughs> <laughs> Send it to me, please. And then, Jerry, just scribble something on a white piece of paper. that will look like it's autographed. Right, nice. Free the journalism, man. <laughs> Hack the publishing industry. 
It has been. <laughs> Not but city limits. All right, thanks. Hey, boy. Now, the other book, your next book that you were telling me about, Johnny would read in heartbeat. Oh, absolutely. Absolutely. Yeah. Yeah, I just hope I can get the green light on that, and I think that'll be a lot of fun. Mm-hmm. It's all about New Jersey. It's hopes, it's dreams, it's love. Stronger than a storm, I like to say. Do you see that's the new motto? Have you played the... Is it up on the iPad yet? But go to, if not, uh, Chris Christie, Stronger Than the Storm. It's the song that everybody's singing in Jersey. Good thing I stay in my house a lot. You don't feel stronger than the storm? I think that's kind of weird. I mean, do we need a song about it? Yeah. Springsteen singing it with Bon Jovi. That's I thought you liked huge. Bruce. I love Just Bruce. Just try YouTube, Is Springsteen Chris? really singing it? Mm-hmm. I'm surprised. Just Chris Christie, Stronger Than the Storm. Jersey now. <laughs> I love it. I want to move to Hoboken. <laughs> You're all welcome in Jersey. It would be Jersey's pleasure to have any and all of you. Let's play the song again. But, okay. let's, play, let's play the new Springsteen. <laughs> it's just there. Word is spreading because we're stronger than the storm. You bet we are. You bet it. Yeah. I guess it means that everybody is already back in their homes and ready to swim. Yeah, everything's normal. Stronger than the storm. Yeah, everything's normal. There's a hashtag. Oh, yeah. Everybody's hashtagging. Christie's all over it, man. He dominates that place. the best ever. Yeah. He dominates New Jersey. It's his own playground right now. He can do whatever he wants. Well, that's kind of true. (laughs) Whatever he wants is going to become president of the United States. And once a lap band kicks in, he's going to be slim enough that everybody's going to love him. I bet he gets into a steroid scandal, too. I wish he'd say this. I need a lap lap band for my dick. Gotta get my dick a little thinner. He says his dick looks like a 40 when he fucking... Oh, my God. Then when he's cold, it looks like a can of tuna fish. He says we're stronger than the storm. You shouldn't be talking about that. We fuck the storm right in the ass. Stronger than the storm. We piss and shit right on its face. 
they had to destroy that uh, the roller coaster that went into the sea. I'm really annoyed about that. They, I thought they were going to leave it there. Yeah, let it get rusty so kids climb on it. We're stronger than the storm. Storm is a bad interracial date. He can't have that. He turned the storm back. And for that, he's my next president. Would you vote for him for president? I'd consider it. Absolutely, I'd consider it. I'd vote it for him for king point. right now because he turned the storm away. Well, anybody that has control over weather, you definitely want them in a position of authority. Um, what about that black girl from the X-Men? You want? Would you vote for her? Yeah, absolutely. I already got Chris Christie. She wasn't even born here, dude. She's from Africa. I didn't know oh, that. Oh, here we go. Another birther scandal. The storm is yeah. from Africa. What are you basing that on? Your own fucking thing? You yeah, see here black goes Comic-Con over no, here. No, the, the comic books. You are fucking like Comic-Con, though. I read a lot of X-Men. Growing up. So, what's your X-Men presidential ticket then? Oh, Professor X. Isn't His he dead? Telepathic powers. Too old. Yeah. Too People old. would be. Are you gonna elect somebody with a, in a wheelchair? It's, it's, it's like the, that's the that's the one thing that isn't. It, I think they're gonna go back to old dudes again. Or the Wolverine should be president. Wolverine's from Australia. Oh yeah. Thought you went to Comic Con once. Never been to a Comic Con. All right, we're going to ask you, because this is our Weekender question. Star Trek, Star Wars. Star Trek, Star Wars. Star Wars. Now, why would you pick that? I picked uh, influence. Uh, what I saw first as a kid and could grasp as a kid, in all honesty. You're an adult now. I'm an adult I mean, if now. I fucking told you who's the prettiest girl in the world, you wouldn't fucking say Betty and Veronica. You're all grown up now. I'm still going to stick with Star Wars, the original three Star Wars that came out. In the no, you got to take them all. I'm still going to stick with it. The, 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 the star hey, Hicks. Jar Jar Binks is here. See him? Oh, it's my hey, old pal Jar Jar. Hey, it's nice seeing a racial stereotype running around in CGI. Oh, good for you. You ruined the entire series. Stronger than the storm. Fuck the storm. I hate its balls. I mean, the original Star Trek had trebles. I mean, they, they were much better than... Did, <coughs> did they have any trouble with them? <coughs> yeah, they, they filled up an entire... <coughs> I thought they were tribbles. Tri yeah, it is tribbles. Tribbles. <laughs> not that at all. But I believe as a kid you could have the force and you could move objects and there's no try, there's just do, and I would lift a jet with my hands and, you know, go around in my bathrobe and pretend I had a lightsaber. Come on. Why didn't you just pretend you were R2-Dito? <coughs> it's not as awesome as Luke. I shoot out holograms. This is great. I don't like them because they're not human beings. Mm. And they're all dead already. They're from the past instead of the future. I don't like the magic aspect of it. It's like pussy to me. Of Star Wars? Yeah, it's like watching fucking Harry Potter. I like something that's science-based. Not magic-based. And uh, Lucas tried to make it science-based. Remember the midichlorians or whatever in the, in the bloodstream? Mm -mm. Instead of it being some... Don't run it for me. I haven't seen the last three. Yeah. <sighs> Is it good? How could you not have seen them? They were huge. Well, I wanted to wait until I got a good chance, like a, a, a open weekend. <laughs> With just nothing else going on. It came out like 12 years ago. So? Stronger than the storm, isn't it? Think Luke so. Skywalker would have been stronger than a storm. You know that. From Two Light Crew? Well, he maybe. Was that the same Luke Skywalker as in the movies? The guy from Two Light Crew? It was. 
Okay. It's so lots of makeup. Shit. Why are you getting on George Lucas for his <clears throat> abilities? We all know George Lucas's abilities. So he actually named Luke Skywalker after himself. <coughs> well, like if I invented a character named Ben Kickass. This is Ben Kickass. He works in radio, and he kicks a lot of ass. He really just has he has a couple murder cases pending. Hey, Kevin. Hey, buddy. Hey, got a question for you, Ronnie. Go ahead. Has there ever been a more hated character than Jar Jar Binks that everyone still talks about? Hitler. <laughs> Later, boy. I think everybody hated Hitler, except for the Germans. They love that fucker. Yeah, they 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 wanted him to kill more. Where's Jar Jar from? What planet? Binkstown. <coughs> Jar Jar Binks is from Pennsylvania. Gungan. Gungan. Gungan style. You notice he's got the proper pronunciation down and everything on that. You're the one who chose Star Wars. I chose Star Trek. Hey, Fred. Fred. Hey, uh, Ron. Uh, well, one, Jar Jar Binks is from Naboo, but did you forget about the Star Trek with the whales? Hold on. Hicks was wrong about Gungan? Yeah, hey, he's from Naboo. Really? Hmm. Yes. Oh, yeah. He's, that's his race. Naboo's the planet. So who's an asshole? Oh, Hicks. <laughs> Gungan, Naboo, what's the difference? It's a big difference. Uh, you kind of defended how well you pronounced it just a second ago. If you're going to tell us that you're a... Uh, Star Wars fan, you better know what the hell you're talking about. There's all these extra characters. Who could keep up with it? Kids, children, <laughs> tiny youngsters. They got nothing else to worry about besides watching Star Wars. If you go to SiriusXM On Demand, plenty of episodes of Ron Bennington interviews available now, including Ronnie's interview with Todd Rundgren. Todd Rundgren's new album, State, is now available on iTunes.com and Amazon.com. That's SiriusXM On Demand on the SiriusXM app and SiriusXM.com. Hmm. You like the new Fez? Sure, yes, yes. I don't believe you. This is the way you said sure. Well, I, like lo this? I, I love when Fez interacts and he's talking football and we're talking, um, <clears throat> you know, he, he knows the college game, he knows the pro game, he knows the Southeast. I was thinking, I was actually thinking about it yesterday um, about the NFL and what were my favorite drafts, my NFL drafts, because why, I was thinking, why should I be into that? But the one was on my honeymoon when Eli Manning got drafted. And the other, one of my favorites, was when Fez was in the chat room rocking it out with everybody, making comments on the draft. And that was just in uh, 2012. He's not answering you. That's okay. Did you like it the time that he was making out with Paulo and you came in? Well, I think looking back, I probably could have handled that better. Maybe not frozen the situation. Yeah, I think that one probably got away from me. But what about bit. when your boyfriend called to pick up for you? That was probably worse. Um, <laughs> How's he know, doing? I never hear from him anymore. He's doing all right. Well, really? He's doing all right, you know? Good. Uh, Did you ever ask about me? No. Yeah. If he doesn't ask, he doesn't ask. He does. He does. I think. I mean, I. I, I think that was a heartbreaking thing uh, for him. 
that that went the way it went. Uh, I, you know, you be, I'm you being honest. It seems like it's making it up. For you, it's easier story. this way, though, right? For me, it's easier what way? With him out of the picture. <laughs> I don't know. He I looks mean, very happy. You look very happy right now. <laughs> he's got a nice fo- hoagie right there. He's yeah. having a good time. Do you join your hoagie? I am. South I am. by Southwest hoagie? <laughs> <clears throat> Legally, this should not be able to be called a hoagie. I'm not saying it's an awful sandwich, but it's not a hoagie mislabeled yeah and for days you bragged about your fucking queen's bakery yeah you still brag about it these don't seem fresh but Thank it's, a, you. it's a fantastic bakery it's a fantastic bakery now all the times i brought zarcones up here did i once have to make a fucking excuse no i let the bread do the talking where you're like oh something's fantastic because it's in my neighborhood i don't play those games i'm not a homer oh it's a great bakery or in your case yeah. hey Homo. If it's a great bakery, let me test it right now. Nope. <laughs> it's a great bakery. I'm going by the test. Okay. Can you bite this and tell me it's a great bakery? It seems a little off today. It's either off or it's it's fucking on. It can't seem like we have the test right here in front of us. If the bakery is not as great as you've been bragging, if I was you, I'd be crushed right now. I feel like they made a fool out of me. I'm Believe me, crushed. I'll put fucking sarcones on the line, and I'll go, oh, by the way, let it sit out in the rain for three days. And then bring it up here, and you guys will be eating that bread going like this. Jesus Christ, this bread's good. Um, here's uh, Matt. You're on the Run of Fez show. Hey, I'm on his. Uh, Hicks, man, can I ask you a question about uh, Star Wars sure. shit? All right. So... Couple things. One is just an observation. Have you ever noticed in the prequel when people are talking to Jar Jar, they're not really fucking looking at him because he wasn't really there when they filmed it, and it looks really awkward. Like Ian McGregor doesn't really know where to look, and it's all fucking awkward. That's just an observation. The, the second question is: uh, that, this when, the first. The, when, when, Jed, when Jedi's die in the regular four, five, and six, they they vanish, and when Jedi's die in the prequel, they don't. Can you? Can you tell me why that is? No, I couldn't. I guess uh, Lucas decided he wanted to be there now. I don't know. Why not? You, right, you're a Comic-Con guy, and you've sat on a panel asking Lucas questions. Never did, Jerry. Never when did. You bring up this topic, and now you're in, not interested in it. I, do, I just didn't know his, his question. Here, wait. Anyway, I picked <clears throat> Star Trek over Star Wars anyway. And you didn't answer his first question. It, hey, there wasn't a first question. Listen when I, I knock your bread on the table. Oh, go oh, look at look. <laughs> Queens. Q Burrow. Always That's stand King by. Queens. It. Stand by it even when they're banging you in the ass. Please give me more. Um the Dick Trickle thing. I know you don't follow NASCAR, right? Correct. But here's what freaks me out about this. That if you watch ESPN over the years. That was one of the most happy-go-lucky guys you ever want to see in your life. Mm-hmm. How do you go from that point to killing yourself? No idea. I mean, maybe... maybe Doesn't it make you feel like you might kill yourself one day when you see something like that? Like, hey, I'm a happy guy. Maybe I'll kill myself like Dick Trickle did. Well, you know, you were talking about the brain earlier. There's got to be something, because I, th- I think people end up in dark places. I mean, I think, it's as a human being, don't you end up in a dark place at some point? where you Are you being think- racial? 
Um, I didn't dark mean place, to Chester. be, but we could go that way. No, no but a depressed place in your mind. But there's got to be something where you would, to take your own life, something's got to, the switch has to flip or something in the brain where that All right, let's look rational. at Chris Stanley. Could you ever picture him taking his own life? I hope not. I That's hope not. Yes. I hope not. Chris? No, I don't, I don't see him doing damage to himself. <laughs> I All mean, you got to do is look over at him. He's doing damage to himself. Yeah. I don't mean, you know, like you got to cut something. I say gotta... one prayer at night. Dear mm-hmm. Lord, don't let Chris shoot himself in the head tonight. Do you own a gun? No. See, I could, but, you know. Why why would... I can't get one legally, but. Mm. Look, this stuff came all the way up from Philly. Mm-hmm. These uh, tasty cakes. Fresh. Perfect. <laughs> oh. Thank you for not being from Queens. Oh, come on. Queens is great. Bite this and tell me it's great. That was a good sandwich. How's the bread? Okay. Hmm. Okay. Um, Mike, you're on the Run and Fest show. Yeah, Dick Trickle actually, the story goes, uh, killed himself where his granddaughter was buried. She was like 16 or whatever. So I'm guessing that's what put him in that headspace. You got any grand- other grandchildren now? Uh, that's a good question. That's pretty selfish. You know, you just think there's other people to live for. You do, but now that he mentions that, I I had somebody I used to work with whose uh, whose daughter in college took her life, and then this guy, you know, he his marriage hit a rough patch. Um, his son tried to take his life, and then, um, you know, he he went hit, hit a downward spiral, lived in a hotel for like a week, and then. They found him outside in a snowstorm. He had shot himself. Was it a nice hotel or was it a motel? No, nah, it was a motel. Yeah. yeah, it wasn't a. It wasn't staying at the Ritz Carlton. Right. But it, but I, it, it's is that a trigger? You know that you can't deal with the grief Let's not be of racist. losing somebody. Well, that's the thing. I mean, the, don't you think every day you got to get up and say, "What do I have to live for today?" Yeah, and I and I do. You know, I. I'm not sure. I, mean, I think it's tough. Is suicide a completely selfish act, or is is a person beyond the point of being able to help themselves anymore, where they almost can't be held accountable because their mind is so off? Mm. The weird thing is, if you caught him, caught him a half hour later, would their mind be that off? You know what I mean? If there was there something to mm-hmm. interrupt that? Yeah, is there that? Oh shit! I shouldn't have jumped as they're falling. Thought. Okay, so the granddaughter thing really is even sadder. Yeah. And who knows what the circumstances were around her death, you know? Car crash. Oh, she died in a car crash? Yeah. Hmm. Well, what do you think? That he was responsible? No, 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 no. But I think any, I mean, I think when that, it's typical that people blame themselves in any type of grief situation. I never have. I've never blamed myself for anything. (laughs) Never. (laughs) Not even things I actually do. I need some of that. <laughs> yeah, it doesn't bother me. It's, that's a sweet life. I just tell other people, I know I did some bad shit to you. You better fucking roll with it, you know? So they don't want us to tell you. Yeah. You're going to have to deal with this. <laughs> Jerry Bark is here. Even though you can't get his book yet, it is coming in August. Unbeatable. Which kind of feels like it gives away the... It's not a cliffhanger ending. No. <laughs> it's not a cliffhanger. There's no mystery. <laughs> But how they get how does there? How does that feel to see your name on that book, though? It's pretty cool. It is definitely uh, pretty cool. 
And then you got Lou Holtz in the on the jacket. Yeah. He actually said this, Lou Holtz. I haven't had the time to read this book, but I did coach at Notre Dame, and I was great. So <laughs> if it's anything like that, believe me, this is a winner. Now he said he, ta- he spent time talking with you, talking in depth about that terrific '88 season. Was he just ecstatic to look back at those days? Well, he live in the past. I, it's interesting because uh, a lot of the interviews were people you have to get through. They, they're just trying to gauge me. What am I mm-hmm. writing? What's my angle here? But once you can get into the bare bones of the football and the X's and O's, I mean, Holtz is literally drawing up a play in my notebook about how he false keyed the USC linebackers in a one versus two matchup at the last game of the regular season so he could get Tony Rice to the outside and be able to seal those linebackers in. And Mark Carrier, who was an All-American safety for USC and played with the Bears, would over-pursue. And that's his, this is Rice's touchdown run in that game. But he's—I mean, they get into those details. There's right. certain things they're so crisp on that I mean, they absolutely remember remember how it was, remember practice, you know, how it smelled, you know, things of that nature. I mean, you guys very sweaty, very sweaty, and he smoked a pipe. So the players all remembered that that like if he was around in practice smoking a pipe. I want to introduce you to somebody. Okay. Uh, this is uh, what's his name. Uh, Adam Corrales. All right, Adam Corrales. Adam is the head coach and captain of the Fort Bragg Patriots hockey team in North Carolina. Um, you can go to camppatriot.org. But they got some games coming up, Chris? Uh, yeah, they have some games coming up um, and some stuff against NYPD, FDNY. Let's whip those guys. Let's bring them in. This is uh, Staff Sergeant. Adam Krellis. Captain of the Fort Bragg Patriots. How do you put together this hockey team, man? Uh, Well, I actually had the best players come out. In Fort Bragg, they came mm-hmm. out and we did a tryout and spent uh, spent a little while, a couple of days actually doing tryouts and uh, picked my best guys. Actually, had a couple of West Pointers on the team and really a lot of special operations guys. Uh, now, me myself too. Mm-hmm. So, what part of the country are most of these guys from? Uh, surprisingly, they're mostly from the Northeast. Oh, <laughs> Northeast guys. Yeah, yeah. So these guys came out. Of course, they've dedicated them their lives now to the military. But after a long day in the military, they still want to get out yeah. and play <laughs> hockey at night. It seems like the worst possible <laughs> idea to me. Like, I just want to sit down for a couple of minutes. Yeah, and that's what you'd think, too. But I'm, I'm really surprised because a lot of these guys were all married. We, most of us have kids. We spend a long day sitting mm. there at work, sucking it up, you know, jumping out of airplanes, shooting guns, doing all that fun shit. And then, uh, you know, we... Most of us go out and coach the little kids before we actually go out and play ourselves. So sometimes we're on the ice until midnight. Wow. Yeah, so we're, we're out there all day doing it to it. Now, you came up here to play who? Who are you going to be playing against? Uh, we're actually looking to get a game against the NYPD, the FDNY, and uh, hopefully against Philly, and then Boston Police Department. And we're actually looking at setting something up against the Secret Service and the FBI also. So you're. this is almost like a challenge. That you're putting out to all these other guys uh, and saying, come and play. Now, how good do you feel like your team is right now? 
I think we can fare pretty well. My guys mm-hmm. are pretty good. When I get all my guys together, if they're not, you know, TDY or they're going other places around the world or deployed, we got a pretty damn good team. So I think we can fare pretty well against any team we play against. I didn't even think of that. You could actually end up losing one of your guys because he has to go do his actual job on the other side. Yeah, I got a couple country. guys gone right now for that, so it kind of sucks. <laughs> but you ever think to yourself, like, I don't know if he's good for that. I can't see him on the front lines. He's better here. <laughs> uh, as our wingman. Uh, so, you don't have the game lined up yet against... No, we don't have anything lined up right this second. That's why I came up here for I'm kind of doing a Northeast tour to hit all these places up to talk to all the coaches and all that to get stuff set up. We're, we've got a tournament that's going to be getting set up in October down at Fort Bragg. Uh-huh. And we're looking to do a emergency services... You know, military get all the get all the other teams from Alaska and North New York and all the other areas come out and play against us and see who wins. So, uh, would you also be open to guys out there if they can put together teams to play against you guys? If anybody can get a team together and play against us, I'd be more than happy to take up the challenge. All right, I love it. So, go to Camp CampPatriot dot org. It's also on the Facebook dot com slash Fort Bragg. Patriots hockey. If you guys play hockey and you like to play against firemen and cops because you know they're not going to be a bunch of ham and eggers, you don't want to go <laughs> over there and run over people's dads. You yeah. know what I mean? This isn't like, oh, you know, a couple of us, we get together on Saturdays and we like to stay. You want to play against some badasses. Cops, firemen, Secret Service, Anybody that feels like they can play against you guys. That's right. We want to play against the best because I feel my team's the best. I love the attitude. Wow. <laughs> I love the attitude. And are you when you you're presenting the challenge now? Is this like the challenge tour? This is that the you're on calling tour. them out. That's right. Wow, calling all these guys out. I want to I want to play against them and you know hopefully beat their asses. Well, I oh. love the I love the attitude of it, and I'm always uh, ready to cheer against NYPD. <laughs> <laughs> Actually, you got to be really careful because NYPD is probably bigger than the military now. I forget how many thousands of guys <laughs> are cops in this city, but it's it's really the size of a uh, of an army out there. And occasionally, I will see them if there's like a demonstration. You'll go like two blocks over, and they've got a bunch of riot cops just sitting around, making sure nothing happens. But if it does, and you'll go over to like two, three hundred guys set up. And, you know, a lot of them are, you know, street cops, so they're big guys. Uh, always ready to go. I don't know if they can skate, though. <laughs> well, I that don't know how that be a goes. problem, then. Yeah. <laughs> you grew up playing hockey? Yeah, I grew up playing hockey ever since I was about two and a half, three years old. My parents threw me on the ice and said, there you go, go go at it. My whole family plays. So what part of the country? I'm from Buffalo. Yeah. Yeah, right around Buffalo area. Well, I don't know. Have you seen the new Buffalo commercials that uh, Buffalo's back or Welcome Back? Yeah. Yeah, They just started to run this week. Yeah. And they're trying to tell us, I think for the 90th time (laughs) in my life, that Buffalo was back and it's a great place to move. Yeah. It'd probably be a great place to move if they lowered the taxes. but uh, There are high taxes. But I will say this because a lot of people razz on Buffalo. There's some great local food. In Buffalo, if you want to just hang out for a couple of days and go to some really great old school places to eat, Buffalo is the place to go. Great Italian food. Oh yeah, I want to. I I definitely would say this better pizza than I have found in Manhattan. Wow. In Buffalo, yeah, 
Um, of course, the wings are out of there. Mm -hmm. And uh, beef on a whack is the best goddamn thing in the world. Unbelievable. All right, so people that want to play, if you got a hockey team together mm -hmm. and you want to get your ass beat by a couple military guys, <laughs> can't patriot.org go to the facebook also it's facebook.com slash fort bragg patriots hockey and you're putting your team together there fort bragg and you say guys come and go but i guess there's a lot of nights that guys can't even practice right yeah you're, there, you're playing around that yeah. yeah and you know unfortunately me being the coach sometimes i get called off to do my army thing and you know, uh -huh. I got to go do whatever I got to do so it's just we kind of run it the way we can and uh, we get as many guys out there as we can every night but uh, the big part of it is doing it for charity uh, yeah we do it for Camp Patriot they're a wounded veteran organization that's based out of Montana and all the proceeds that we get from games and from you know the overage from practices and stuff like that we donate that out straight over to Camp Patriot to raise awareness for the uh, wounded veterans that they've got out there that's terrific, man. Yeah. How do you think we're doing as far as guys coming back? I know it seems like physically there's a lot of guys that have stuff they can get to, but still having trouble with kind of stress-related stuff, right? Yeah, and unfortunately we're having an issue right now where we're having about 22 veterans a day committing suicide. Unbelievable. And it, that's just really horrible. And if you go on to Camp Patriots' website, they actually have a link on there to be able to kind of donate because what they want to do is they want to build a ranch out of about 250 acres. And out of that 250 acres, they want to be able to start taking in veterans as like a, a living community there mm -hmm. to help them, anybody that's at, at, that's a uh, at-risk veteran for that type of you know issue. And hopefully, you know, if we can get some donations brought in there, they're looking for about $500,000 to do that. So the, the hope is to get these guys around each other and be able to talk it out with people who know what they're going through. Absolutely. You know? That's the difficult thing that you try to extend help to people when you don't exactly know what this thing is. Um, I actually talk to a lot of guys that have come back from the military and get released back into this society and feel like there's more backstabbing in this, there's less teamwork in the corporate world. And a lot of that stuff throws them off. It's real tough to come back and try to fit in when you see how superficial the American society can be. Yeah, precisely. And, you know, myself and I'm sure some other guys on the team, you know, we've had those issues also. So it, I think that kind of helps us as a team because we can we can kind of feed off of that, off right. of each other when we're playing. And, you know, we've got some kids on the team that haven't been deployed yet. Right. You know, they've been in the military for a year or two. They get lucky. They come to Fort Bragg and, you know, they see that they got a hockey rink and they come, they, they're on the team. And it's like, hey, you know, we can kind of talk to them before they deploy now like hey you know you make sure you're looking for these issues and then uh -huh. you know when they come back it's like they got a family to come back to yeah see that's the interesting thing about what you're doing is like sometimes hockey just isn't hockey you mm -hmm. know what i mean like if if guys can be doing something then maybe talking can start but it's not necessarily the type of guys that are going to sit around in a table and open up their uh, feelings. Mm -hmm. Here's uh, Ryan in uh, Chicago. Uh, you're on the Run of Fest show. Hey, Mr. V. Um, yeah, I was uh, in the infantry at Fort Bragg uh, for the 82nd, and uh, I just couldn't believe when they had an ice rink on the base. It was like a dream come true. I could drive 
from my barracks right down the road and play some of the best hockey I've ever played in my life. Um, because everyone's just phenomenal athletes. You have like the SF, um, all these phenomenal units there too. And it is just unreal that, um, when I, you know, I actually got blown up in Iraq and, uh, you know, I had, uh, I had nothing to do when I was sent back to the base and I was actually able to go and play hockey almost every day. And, uh, I think that's a lot of, um, you know, positive things came out of, uh, me just playing hockey with those guys and dealing with, uh, you know, the, um, like PTSD and stuff like that. So, um, if any veterans can get in any sort of activity where there's that uh, camaraderie and all that, it's uh, phenomenal. I just, in this interview, just brought back all those memories, and it's just uh, a great time in my life. So. But, Ryan, you're also think. saying it's a pretty good level of hockey being played. It was unbelievable. That's I mean, hockey, college level, phenomenal hockey. I actually won to play college level after I got out of the Army, and I still play to this day. Uh, Johnny's Ice House in Chicago, which is some pretty competitive uh, Chicago hockey, and uh, it, it's still to this day that was some of the best. I mean, I couldn't believe the players; they're just magic out there, and uh, it was a great time. Whose idea? I actually, uh, yeah, well, go ahead. Sorry, Mister B. Um, I actually got to play with the Patriots, and it was like right as they were starting out, and we got to go play uh, Syracuse um, and I think South Carolina. And so we got to play some college teams, and it was just like a you know, for charity or whatever, and uh, it, was, it was fun doing that, too. But uh, just great times. Um, all right, thanks so much, uh, Ryan, and I'm glad it worked out for you, too. Um, I appreciate it, buddy. Uh, they're playing for CampPatriot.org, but if you've got an organization that like to play against these guys, head on over to Facebook.com slash Fort Bragg Patriots Hockey. Uh, Adam, whose idea was it to put the hockey rink in uh, Fort Bragg, do you know? Oh, I don't even know. It goes back a long ways, huh? That Way before me. Yeah. Way before I came along. And uh, luckily enough, we were able to save it for the summer because the actual post was going to close it down. They thought that it was, you know, bringing a lot of flack, mm-hmm. you know, using up too much energy. But turns out the post was actually not paying for it. We were paying for it. We were using our own funds to pretty much pay for that ice time. So... Um, it really helped us out a lot, and it's also really good for the kids there with the Cape Fear Youth Hockey Association. Now we can have the kids playing, and you know my guys can go out there and coach. So the uh, rink is being used quite a bit, too. Yeah, that's all day, every day, up until midnight, just about. That's terrific. Here's uh, Rob in Rochester. How you doing, Rob? Hey, Ronnie. Hey, listen. I just want to thank that service member for his uh, for his service to his country. I work at the Veterans Crisis Line. It's uh, incredible volume there, uh, 365-24-7. We're trying to help veterans and active-duty military who are in crisis or suicidal, and your caller is exactly right. I have had the sad experience of dealing with suicides over the phone. Um, these guys are not calling singing Happy Days of Here Again. They are jammed up. And I just want people to know that we're out there. We have an 800 number. Any VA will tell you. If you let me give you the 1-800, I can give it to you. Please do, buddy. 1-800-273-8255. And you press 1 for veterans. And I guarantee you, if you ask us to walk a mile with you, we're going to walk two. I'm a veteran. I served in the U.S. Coast Guard for seven years back in the Vietnam War era. And I'm honored to help a brother veteran or a sister veteran. Hey, uh, Rob, is there um, 
Is there more of this happen with guys coming back with the stress thing now than other wars, or are we just talking about it more? You know, I think it's a combination of it being diagnosed better. Mm-hmm. I think that what the, the men and women coming back from Iraq, the Gulf, Afghanistan, they have seen and have been um, exposed to horrific things. I think the diagnosis is better. I think the exposure to help is there. I know my father surfed for three years in the Pacific and saw horrific things. Never said a word, just kept it to himself, and he was a very angry man. I think uh, that we're, we're seeing more, but we're exposing it more, and these guys deserve every bit of help that they can get. I appreciate you calling, Rob. Hey, Ronnie, have a good day. You too, my friend. Um... They are playing for CampPatriot.org, CampPatriot.org, uh, looking for games to help raise money. If you got some hockey teams out there, Facebook.com slash Fort Bragg Patriots. Also, if you know anybody with uh, Philly PD, Boston PD, uh, New York, uh, and any of the fire departments, these guys would love to uh, play them for charity. Here's... Alex, Alex, you're on the Run of Fez show. Uh, hey, guys. Uh, yeah, I'm calling you from Fairfield. I'm Adam's brother, actually. <laughs> Bum. <laughs> What's up, bro? Uh, we, um, yeah, I mean, we, we grew up playing ice hockey. It's, it's, you know, it's in our blood. Our dad got it into us. Um, but I got to say, like, I mean, the, the whole thing just kind of brings a tear to my eye. You know, I mean... Adam here, I got uh, I got I got some stuff ready for the steaks that we're going to be eating later tonight <laughs> when we get up here. And uh, I mean, you know, he he went away. I think it was what two tours that he did. Uh four now. Four. <laughs> <laughs> Jesus Christ! But I mean, you know, uh, everything everything that he does, you know, our our family is so incredibly proud of him. Uh, and you know, we've been. Uh, uh, we've been in touch through text, you know, a good, good Lord, before there was the, uh, the unlimited text thing, like, uh, uh, it was like 10 cents a text or whatever like that. We got like an $800 phone call. <laughs> we were texting each other like crazy. Um, but yeah, I mean, it, it, even, even looking at my brother, he's, he's insane at working out and whatnot. And, uh, I mean, it, it's, it, I'm just so incredibly proud of you, brother, you know. Thanks, Al. <laughs> <laughs> All right, I made a fool of myself. No, you didn't, dude. And I'm glad that you called and uh, said it. And I'm also proud of your brother. He's out there doing some great stuff. Yeah, he is. Thanks a lot, man. Okay, man. Uh, Adams, thanks so much for coming by and updating us on this. And beyond that, thanks for what you're doing because somebody's got to be out there doing this and letting people know and i'm glad i'm glad to uh help out we're always here yeah call sure. us any single time that you need anything promote it i'll also uh while we got the opportunity run you around and introduce you to some people here and yeah, cool. our things because uh i think it's uh fantastic and i'll make sure i, I get to talk to you next time coming through all right yeah absolutely Anybody wants to play these guys, it's the Fort Bragg Patriots hockey team in North Carolina. They're playing for the guys. Remember when everyone left for this war and you put the little uh, yellow ribbons on your car? Well, they're back.
<laughs> and let's cash in on some of that shit that everybody said that we'd get together. 22 guys a day that Adam is telling us about that feel like they don't have a future. That is unforgivable. This is ours to take care of, okay? So camppatriot.org to help out. Also, let's... Uh, Make sure we put together some uh, games for the Fort Bragg Patriots. Go to Facebook.com slash Fort Bragg Patriots Hockey. Thanks so much, brother. Hey, if Got I could just add one more thing, Ronnie. Sure. Um, I know I'm going to put it out there, and I'm going to get a billion emails, but the big thing for me is if you need to contact me, my contact is atem-o at hotmail.com. That's atem-o at hotmail. So if you have a team and you want to play us, Shoot me out an email, and I guarantee it'll at least be a good game, and I'm hoping that will beat your ass. <laughs> <laughs> See you next time, Adam. All right, appreciate it, guys. Ron Bennington. Right. All right. Tez Wally. Yeah. This is the, the Ron and Tez Show. You got a phone. Oh, you're all alone. Man, you're stoned. need a vibrating handle, a back scratcher, and 10 blades? Seriously, have you noticed the price you pay for new razor blades? And you're doing this every month for the rest of your life? This is your Dollar Shave Club moment. And it's time to join all of our listeners who've discovered dollarshaveclub.com. Listen, here's what all the buzz is about. It's like found money. All us guys want is a great shave without shelling out 20 bucks month after month. Bucks. Dollar Shave Club is genius. You'd be crazy not to do this. You send them a couple bucks a month and they deliver amazing quality razor blades right to your door. Bucks. You save a fortune, plus you always have fresh blades on hand. No more nicking up your face with old blades because you can't afford or forgot to buy new ones. Join the rest of our listeners and get a great shave and keep your cash at dollarshaveclub.com. 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 Ron Bennington, Fez Wally. Listen to Ron and Fez when you want. Go to SiriusXM.com slash on demand. How many times do you have a place to be or out on business and all you can think about is the game or show you're missing? That's not a problem with the Hopper from Dish. Only the Hopper from Dish allows you to watch your favorite shows and games on your tablet or smartphone. No matter where you are, live sports and shows are meant to be watched live. You should be able to watch the big game or season finale no matter where you are. Thanks to the Hopper from Dish, you can do just that. Only the Hopper lets you watch your live and recorded TV anywhere. That means your home, too. Turn any room into a TV room with the Hopper and a tablet, laptop, or smartphone. The other guys can't do this. 
Only the Hopper allows you to watch all your live or recorded TV anywhere. Just call 1-800-WATCH-TV today and get yourself a Hopper from DISH. 1-800-WATCH-TV. Because these are the happiest days of your life. The Ron and Fest Show continues. pleasure that we got a chance to meet uh, Staff Sergeant Adam Corellis in here today. What a great kid. That's great. Campatriot.org. Awesome stuff. You said you'd like to do an article on him now, huh? Yeah, I absolutely. I, I think it'd be worthy to do it and, and put it out there. I just There's so many different elements going on there with what team and athletics can provide men and what they're creating for these guys before they get deployed. I mean, like, you know, I, I teared up again while he was in here. you got to stop crying so much, and especially when we're around a masculine guy. I know. I know. i got to cut that shit out. Comes off very girly. <laughs> yeah, I gave him this book, too. I said I wrote it. Unbeatable. Uh, Notre Dame's 1988 championship. I said, this is something me and Barker wrote. Nice. And Why I said, he... this is for the troops. Was he, he was psyched about it, too, huh? He gave it back to me. He said, uh, no. After what I've seen, this is girly stuff. He goes, "Why don't you give it to the, well, give it to your little sister? Maybe she'll like it." I go, "That isn't my little sister. It's sportsman Jerry Barker." I like that. Are you Barker. really going to write this article, or is this another one of your? Oh, it, when something's in front of me, I'll act like it's great. Just another Barker pipe dream. I, I will reach up. out. I will reach out. I want to have a publication for it, a publication home. But yeah, I'll reach out. But we'll, you can always we'll put it up time. at the iBank, even if you can't find anywhere else. They'll right. go up there for you. All right, that's a, um. I just want to say this. Preakness is this weekend. Saturday or Sunday, Chris? It is Saturday. Uh, and all of Chick's stuff will be up. He tried to call us, but it was during uh, Glenn Close's oh. time here. Okay. We had a lot of surprise guests today. Yeah, one after another, yeah. Uh, but that's very, very cool that he's put it up. Now, this is something I said I want. This is up on the iBank today. And I want it to stop... I don't want people arrested, and it happens at every arena in the country now. And that is the fake kiss cam bits, these little sketches that these people lie and say it's a real kiss cam. Really? They're actors in the kiss cam. Huh. They're actors in the kiss cam! This is like almost like uh, Soylent Green. Oh, there it is. All right, what's this one? This is uh, the fake breakup at the Fresno Grizzlies game. Never happened. Never was. It was not a, a real breakup. <gasps> there we are, honey. Kiss. Now, those are real people. Yeah. Mm -hmm. 
Now it happens every time when you get to the end. It's now a fake kiss cam. So he's not taking uh, the call. Oh, yeah. Oh. These are faked. A lot of times they either bring in actors or they're cheap interns working for free. So just like or a, they're getting their big break. Yeah. But look at this. Now she put that's fake and the people look. And he's selling it like a TV thing. That blows. Show me the next one. Uh, fake kiss camps all over America. They should be banned. This Thank one you. is the fake other woman. Okay. And again, people will believe this. And look, she won't do the kiss camp. And there's just a stranger, a hot stranger. <laughs> look, she gets slapped. I mean, he's she slaps him. Mm-hmm. So... Is that a tribal band tattoo? Yeah, yeah of course. <laughs> nice. So uh, it's always great on a guy who looks like he's 45. <laughs> I was going to take so, his... Oh, she threw away the stuff She down. threw away his popcorn. By the way, no one's sitting around them. <laughs> he's just handing her props. Yeah. He's yeah. just <laughs> handing her props. Conveniently, totally full Here's box of popcorn. <laughs> I despise this. Now watch. All this time he hasn't noticed the really hot girl next to him. Yeah. And they've stayed on camera. Why don't the people behind him get into it? Yeah. And stuff and stuff on. Oh, oh, my God. Now they're making out with a hot chick. That's a good night for him. Yeah, I mean, she is pretty stunning. You'd think that turned into a cat fight. Fake he doesn't want to stop. She's like, we're just acting. It's over, dude. It's over. That's all up on the iBank. Now, at uh, up also on the iBank, uh, you will get Saratoga's Preakness uh, pick. Saratoga Chicks, uh, his Preakness. Are you going to be following for the Preakness this year? Yeah, yeah. I, I'm following all these bets. I'm following all of them. Yeah, and he's got not just not just the Preakness too. He's got uh, a couple other races also. Of course he does. Because you got it's an all day affair. More ways to lose. Not all day affair. Now. Who's he picking to win the Preakness? Um, he's going for the 12 to 1 shot, will take charge, coming out of the 7 hole. Which means we would not get a triple crown winner. No. But he also has an exacta uh, with uh, Orb and will take charge. Orb is the, the horse that won the Kentucky Derby. If Orb doesn't win, I'm going to be depressed. Yeah. Because I want to go in the Belmont. I want to get it all. Well, it was mm -hmm. worse last year. Um, when I'll have another, like, came from behind, and it was a battle to the end. That Preakness was just mind-blowingly good. Amazing to watch that uh, live. And it lost, like, oh, my God, we're going to have a Triple Crown winner. And then Bel the day before Belmont Stakes, we're going to pull, we're going to pull, I'll have another. That was just crushing. So, so depressing. Did they think that the horse was going to hurt itself? Yeah. They, the guy was like, no, nope, uh, this is an investment. I'm not going to risk millions of dollars in stud fees. Trillions of dollars now. Mm. God. She get in that business. Uh, J.R. Smith, tell this story, X. <laughs> okay. So J.R. Smith's been on a uh, cold streak. Mm -hmm. um, playing terribly. So uh, there's a rumor that he's dating Rihanna. And then uh, someone was giving her crap on Twitter 
uh, last night. She's not with Chris Brown anymore. No, I guess I guess not. I don't. Who knows? Now the rumor is she's with J.R. Smith. Classy guy. She's only she's trying to go with classy guys. Sure. She tweets this at someone who was giving uh, crap to J.R. Smith, and I quote: "Fuck you and your whack ass team. Nobody want that d- dessert thirsty nigga." It's desert. Oh. He fucking you up. You would be dessert thirsty. Be desert. <laughs> yeah. It's, be it's de- dessert. Desert thirsty. Got to go back for the second S, the second helping of S for dessert. He fucking up because his ass be hung over from clubbing every night during playoffs. <laughs> That's the way she talks? <laughs> That's the way she talks. Uh, Rihanna, come on. Yeah. You're better than that. Apparently not. So, J.R. Smith, maybe. You're kind of better than that. <laughs> put the ball down, J.R. This is the big story. Bex is retiring. David Beckham is hanging up the boots, as they say. They don't say shoes. They, they call them soccer boots. He is the biggest signing of L.A. Galaxy, and because of him, soccer in America is now bigger than baseball, basketball, and football put together. It's More, amazing. Yeah, when all because happen? of David Beckham. When he retired by coming to America. Yeah. <laughs> this is where he spent his retirement years. Yeah, now he's retiring from retiring. He said um, he does want to spend his retirement being devilishly handsome. Mm. Is that Very nice? attractive. It's going to be hard for him. <laughs> with Posh Spice. Yeah. Is it with spa- Posh or Sporty? He's with Posh. Sporty yeah. Spice is in, uh, on Long Island right now. Mm. Okay. I saw her at a party one night, Pie Spice. How'd she look? Uh, good. It was, she was kind of the hostess, and she said to me, I'll never forget it, because I just finished my drink, and I said, could I get another? She goes, well, just tell me what you want, what you really, really want. Fall for it? Yep. It's a song. Yeah, it's a good song, though. That is a good song. Ranking the NFL's only four elites, Chris Stanley, read us the top four, one through four. One through four. One through four. Number one. See if we agree. Aaron Rodgers. Yes. Would you take Aaron Rodgers? Let's say you were drafting for next year. You get a shot at Aaron Rodgers or Drew Brees. Who do you want? Aaron Rodgers. You're going to get better fantasy numbers with Drew Brees, my friend. <laughs> I mean, he throws it up. They ain't running anything. Darren Sproles is a running back. He caught for 2,000 yards two seasons ago. Come on. But Aaron Rodgers does have the discount double-check commercial. So and I give him that. He has this, this mm-hmm. belt move. And he's on The Office. I cried then. No, I, didn't cry, I didn't cry when I saw him on The Office. But he together. was on The Office. Number two, Mr. Tom Brady. Wow. Okay. Number three, Peyton. Mm. Yeah. Peyton is the third I most. I would want him. Stack of dimes. Neck like a stack of dimes. And choke. A bit of a choke. He chokes. He's Did. only got half the goddamn championships his little brother has. And number four, rounding it out, Mr. Drew Brees. Five is hell. Eli Manning. <laughs> Who's dead last? E.J. Manuel or Kevin Cole, who's now the Bills quarterback? Oh, boy, the Bills. There, There's no future there. Geno Smith or Mark Sanchez, 30th. Two up from that. Hmm. They're splitting that spot. Yeah. I didn't even know Carson Palmer's playing for the Cardinals now. Yeah, and doing well. Wow. Good for him. He's having a great offseason of with them. 
He's having a great off season. He puts up decent uh, fancy numbers every now and then. Right now and then, what do you mean, 93? <laughs> <laughs> Matt Ryan is number six on the list. I don't know about Matty Ryan. Ice? Matty Ice, yeah. Matty Ice, also on Long Island right now. Along with Sporty Spice. <laughs> Are they dating? Yes. Wow. Matt Ryan, if you got rid of his fourth quarter numbers, he'd be the best quarterback in history. <laughs> now, where are the rookies at on that list? RG3, Luck, Russell Wilson. Are they That's in the top ten? That's a really 10? good call. Where are those guys? Who's ranked highest? Right, Luck's got to be. It's got to go luck. luck. Russell Wilson ranked highest. Thank you. It's because you love him. You think he, you really respect his arm. <laughs> I do. I think the guy has a gun. Pop gun, but a gun. Uh, emotional reunion. It's one of the, you're going to start crying. That's one of those things where the <laughs> dad comes home and surprises everybody. He's got to play the soft, the musical montage music behind yeah. it. I'm sucked right in. Cam Newton ranked above Matt Stafford. Why wouldn't he be? Controversial. Because Cam came on strong in the last half, the second half of the season, but that first half was dodgy. I'm not buying Stafford. I'm just not. He had that great game where he came back with the shoulder injury against the Browns mm. how many years ago, but you know, they were awful last year. I mean, yeah, they're a play or a player away, but you still got to win the games, right? You play to win the win. games, Herm Edwards. Got to win. Kaepernick's 14th behind Andrew Luck and Russell Wilson, but above RG3. Kaepernick's going to be interesting to watch this year. Oh. My prediction is they get the book on him, and I they make it a rough year for him. I think the whole pistol phenomenon will be similar to the Wildcat phenomenon. Well, Wildcat lasted about what, pretty much one season with the Dolphins? Uh, one to one two, and yeah, a half. The, yeah, like one and a half. Before other people really started, started to crumble. So that's where we're heading here now. I, I think some people may stick to the pistol, but I don't think it is. Um, I think they'll adjust. Defense will now then dictate a new... They're too fucking smart. They're yeah. too fast. They're too clever. They spend too much time looking at tape. And these guys have, are basically like doctors in fucking defensive football. And they're going to keep staying on top of this like house until they come up with a cure. Even if they have to move guys into positions they never played before. You know what I mean? Like suddenly go, oh, they're using speed against us? So the whole front line will now be sprinters. You know, whatever it takes. They don't care. They will. They will adjust. And you, they're going to look to get shots on that quarterback sure. when he's a runner, when he's not a passer. Because you know, there's certain things with the pistol, you have the advantage of the protections around a quarterback. But when he goes to run and he's not sliding, he's a running back. And Are they'll G3 take advantage of the season. He's got to start the season. Right. I mean, Is I know he what he's saying. I'm, no, oh. I'll say it. No, he's not going. He's not going to play sixteen games. How many games is he going to play? I'd say I, I'd be optimistic at uh, 10 to 12. Picks? I had one number in my head, and that was 11. He'll play 11 games. Seven games. Seven. Seven less games. than half a season. Less than half a season. I don't think he starts the season, and when he comes in, he struggles. It's going to be a problem for him. One good thing for him, medicine keeps getting better every year, too. Mm-hmm. And he's hey. got the doctor who did uh, AP's knee. Yeah, for well, that. what James something, Andrews? Something I don't buy into there too. It's been doing the everybody for a long time, but Flacco nowhere in the top five on that list. Not the highest. Well, where paid. was Flacco? Eleventh. He was twenty seventh. Ninth. <laughs> Ninth. 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 That's even fucking high. 
Romo, wait, whoa, whoa. Romo's above uh, Flacco. What, what the hell's going on there? Romo's garbage. Wow. This, this, this. No one, uh, watch. There, look, turn around. There she is. She sees her dad, and she just runs to him. She's so happy. Little girl's an actress. Yeah, yeah. Is this a fake reunion? No. You terrible people. <laughs> you awful, terrible people. That's reality.com. She likes her dad. I don't know what game that is. Looks like Tampa. It's Tampa. Is it's it? in the Rays. St. Petersburg, yeah. I wish Fez was here. He'd tell us. Oh, that's nice. We're getting uh, Adam on other stations. That's what Fez has been working on. Nice. Very good. Good kid. Yep. What's he going to be on? The Patriot? Patriot, yeah. Patriot for the Patriots? Yep. <clears throat> good stuff. Who do you like in the NBA these days? I'm pre predicting it's going to be an incredible Memphis versus Indiana. <laughs> <laughs> no, <you're not>. <laughs> <laughs> Only to wreck the league. Can you? I mean, it could happen, and it would wreck the league. You don't think that he can be beat at all? No, I think it's. I've been saying it. It's the LeBron Invitational, but I do think there's been awesome, awesome basketball. And hey, while everything is uh, going to be a runner-up to LeBron... All I the LeBron talk that you're doing, they needed Dwayne Wade to win that game the other day, and he's hurt. And Dwayne Wade has... I have not seen a guy get older quicker than Dwayne Wade. I mean, Penny he, Hardaway. <laughs> ah, no, hey, all right. Maybe we should call it the Penny Hardaway syndrome. <laughs> that is true. But Wade, all of a sudden, it's like... Yeah. Is he 39? No, it's exactly <laughs> what happens. Iverson. Look at Iverson. He was playing at a really high uh, thing. And uh, and they use their body. Both he and Iverson use their body a lot. Yeah, it's tough. But, I don't know. It's been good basketball. It's been fun basketball to watch. I enjoyed it. Yeah. Spurs put down those upstarts. Golden State Warriors. Love to see that. See you in hell, Steph Curry. Wow. Or next season. Yeah. Yeah. You still got your Knicks beating the Pacers? Yeah, it ain't gonna happen. Seven games. Even though, even that win last night. Just shave your head if you're wrong. I don't have that much faith. Go for it. Go for it. I watched it for a little while. I love to watch things on TV. All right. Terry Barker's book is coming out in August. It's the story of Rudy. And how he comes back at age 35 and watches games during the 1988 season. The last great college football season. A lot of people are going to be mad at you for that, right? Yeah, they might be. Unbeatable. Jerry Barker. It's available in August. Um, really great players on that fucking team, huh? Yeah, more than 30 ended up in the NFL. Wow. So that comes out in August. Anything else you need to plug, push? 
Nope, we're in good shape. Unbeatable. Jerry Barga, Amazon.com. Maybe you want to plug this. The next article you're going to write. There you go. For more information on Camp Patriot and the charity, go to www.camppatriot.org and their Facebook page, facebook.com backslash Fort Bragg Patriots Hockey. Listen, NYPD, NYFD, step up, take the challenge from these guys. Let's pay back them for the service they've given us. That's it. Check out uh, Saratoga Chicks Picks for the Preakness tomorrow. So many things up on the iBang. There's Preakness Picks. Make sure you go see the fake uh, cam box. Filtered Excellence is amazing this week. And Weekend Movie Club, Star Trek versus Star Wars. And The Weekender. That's under The Weekender. All right, guys. See you back here in here on Monday. We're already at the end of May uh, next week, right? Yep. Jesus. And that's the end of my show. Donk. <laughs>